me not talk about family when family's all that we got. Everything I went through, you were standing there by my side. And now you're gonna be with me for the last time. Hello and welcome to Too Fast, Too Forever. There's all kinds of family, we chose this one. This is episode 26, Fast and Furious, Lap 3. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe Two, and this episode is brought to you by Petco. Welcome your new reptile to your family. At Petco, you can find everything you need to ensure that you and your new cold-blooded companion enjoy a happy and healthy life together. Petco. It's where the pets go. It's where the pets go. You obviously know why Petco wanted to sponsor this episode. Of course. Uh, the iguana in the beginning. So key to this this movie's plot. Yeah. But yes, I, I love it. I, it's never been more appropriate. Are there actually... Here's a question. Are there animals in any other Fast and Furious movie? There's a rat in the second one. True. Right? There is... I don't really think after that. There's not even, like, dogs or anything, right? No, no cute... Well, so there's probably... I would guess... We'll, we'll look next episode, but, like, I'm guessing in Fast Five, there's probably dogs running around the streets of Rio and stuff like that's that. That's what I was but... going to say. I think that, like, I was going to think that there was dogs in Rio, but I, that's just, like, a thought, you know? Like, I don't know if it's true or not. Right. Yeah, that's weird. I mean... No, I mean, it's not weird, but it's weird, you know? Obviously, this is an action franchise, but it's also a franchise in which there's more sort of downtime, if you will. You know what I mean? Like, where there are people just hanging out, drinking beers, relaxing. Yeah, you don't think that they'd have, like, a dog at the cookout or something, now that I'm thinking yeah. about it? I don't know, man. But, John yeah, Wick, I guess, maybe he, like... I guess when you are so... Yeah. Well, I guess when you're so, you know, globe-trotting, you, you, you don't have time to uh, take care of a dog. Exactly. Children is fine, but dogs... Hmm. Yeah, whatever. We are here for lap three. I hope you all enjoyed our three-part Tokyo Drift crossover. Uh, I last episode kicked off our three-part with this high school slumber party and Third Time's a Charm starring the Mikester, who will be on after the break. Yeah, I had a great time. I hope that I hope that you listened to all three parts, because I think that they were all different. It lasted. I, I listened to all three parts, and I laughed yeah. through all of them. And it was just good. It was a good crew. It was a good synopsis i think we br- fucking broke down tokyo drift pretty hard so we sure did i I'm, sort of, I'm not worried about next lap but i feel like you know we've talked definitely more about that movie than anything else i feel you know we talked we had that extra episode about uh fate of the furious right for yeah for but Charlize, that was from but... the Charlize perspective so it was a little yep. different we crushed tokyo drift this time but you yep. know we still have those like missing scenes and stuff so it's not like yep. we're not like we're, we're not done I mean, we got an infinite more of these, so... We absolutely do. So I know that Wes listened to uh, at least the first two parts because he wrote in. Spoilers, cool. Wes wrote in an email. We will get to that shortly. I hope it... Let us know if you wrote in. I mean, we don't have to... You know, if you don't want us to read the email on air, that's fine. But I just want to know, did you go check out the other feeds? And if so, did you check out any other episodes in those feeds? Because Brian's got a little over 40 episodes. Mike's got close to 20. Did you go listen to High School Lover with me? talking about James lifetime Franco, movies as a dad <laughs> as a creepy dad with a porn star stash yeah well joe before we go any further we must do our first segment extracurricular activities what have you been up to in the last two weeks since we last recorded the i guess the first tokyo drift i don't know you go you go first oh i got one i got actually you know what i'm gonna go it's it's a what small a one but it, it relates to it relates to a fan. Okay. Same fan, but I wanted to, I've, I've been trying to make bread, and I want to make like a very nice loaf oh, of yes. bread. And I've been trying to make like Italian bread. You know what I mean? Like nice big air pockets. You know, like a loaf yeah. you'd buy yeah. from the store. Yeah. And it's it's really difficult. 
and I've been having a lot of trouble for it with it. I had made like two or three batches of dough in like a day. Yeah, like two bat three batches over two days or something like that, and just like just trying everything. And um, I had to send a message to resident baker Wes's wife to ask her for tips on baking. Did she respond? Yeah, she did. She gave me a whole bunch oh, of tips. Cool. She was like super cool about it. Gave me a ton of tips. Um, I told her a little bit about what else I was doing, and I've, I've got, like, we found one recipe that I think I could work from, which was completely cool. counterintuitive to me, but she gave me tips. I'm going to use her tips, and I'll report back, but I haven't accomplished a good loaf of bread yet, but the best loaf I have accomplished was, check this out, heat a cast iron, like a Dutch oven cast iron, like a big cast iron skillet, right, in the oven, okay. you put the bread in, then you spritz it with water, and you cover it, and you bake it like that for, like, the first half an hour. Okay. So you make, like, a round loaf. Yeah, you make, like, a round loaf, but, like, the idea of, like, covering the bread and cooking it and spraying it with water, I was like, this is never going to fucking work. And it came out... Was that one of her recipes or one you found online? No, it was one I found online, and, like, that apparently was working pretty good, but, like, I'm going to buy some loaf pan things, and I've I've been doing a lot of reading, so... Well, shout out Stellar Bakes. If you are in the awesome area and you need uh, pastries or desserts or cookies or whatever for your Stellar Bakes. Stellar Bakes party or just or for you just your stomach. Look, if you want to look at cool cookies on Instagram, Stellar Bakes. Instagram, Stellar Bakes. Yeah. So since the last uh, time we recorded, I watched oh, I just, a bunch of movies. I just thank you. Oh, I just thank you for the help. More. Sorry. That's all I wanted to say. Okay. Thanks for the help. I appreciate it. Shout out Wes's wife. Yes. So since we last recorded, I saw a bunch of movies in theaters, saw some good ones. Oh, cool. uh, Alita Battle Angel, great. Happy Death Day to you, very good. Cool. I saw some very bad ones. Isn't it romantic? Hot, hot trash. Uh, do not see that movie. <laughs> I also saw, what else did I say? I'm just looking at my calendar. Cold we- Pursuit, which was fine. So the Lego Movie 2. Which was, was good? Uh, I enjoyed it. Okay. Um, you know, there's, there's some some of our boy Channing in there. Oh, yeah. We'll, so we'll get to that eventually on Magic Mike's. Cool. We're going to do a uh, uh, sort of a, a Lego super episode for all three Lego movies. I'm down. I, I mentioned last episode that I might go to a Devil's Game. We thought the tickets would be cheaper. Tickets were sort of relatively affordable. We did not pull the trigger hoping to get lower. They went up, so we just went to a bar and watched the game. That was fine because the game was very sloppy. Went to Los Angeles for 27 hours. Sick. Unremarkable. Did just you, for did work. you eat in and out? No, I didn't even see an in and out. Like really? There's one right at the LAX airport. Well, not in the JetBlue terminal, I don't think. It's not in the terminal. Like you have to like drive out of the airport. It's like right. Oh next yeah, to we it. had no time for anything. Well, that sucks. Uh, although we did have uh, very nice flights both ways. I told you that we had the same flight attendants both ways. That's cool. Uh, they, they they called us by name. It was remarkable. Cool. Uh, I, I, we're going back next week, so I, I think there's. You know, it's a different day. I don't know, but you know, there's there's a non-zero chance that we have them again, which would be super cool. Yeah, because uh, they were super nice. They were like they were extra nice, I think, to us because number one, we're not into like you know humble brag here, but we're we were flying business because the client is paying for it. Uh, but I feel like without generalizing too much, we were probably kinder to them than most people in business. Yeah, so that maybe. I think helps. Yeah, and also the fact that you know two days in a row we knew them. Uh, they remembered our names. They remembered my drink. You know, That's they. Crazy. It just. It was so cool. A lot of times on these um on these like transcontinental flights like that, they put the top tier flight attendants. Right? Oh, I believe it. Yeah. Like on like the busy routes that are like you know the ones that actually like because people are going to be flying from East Coast West Coast. So, like, that's yes. a route that's going to actually have business people on it, like your boss, like you Yeah, guys. and so my boss was my, my, my boss was talking to one of them last night, and she was asking, you know, if, if he was going to be on, on our flight next week, and he said that he does a lot of the New York to L.A. flights, exactly what you're saying, so yeah. he gets to know a lot of the customers because they fly back and forth a lot. Exactly. And, I mean, they were both great. 
Uh, they were both, you know, really, really good, really attentive. Like, what's what's kind of funny is like every time you like, there's the bathroom right in the front of the plane, and every time you walk out, they're just right there, like, because they're just, that's just like where the prep area is for them. Yeah, the just like, yeah. What do you need? Can I help you? Can I help you? I'm just like, no, I'm fine. Like, guys, I'm fine. Like, really. <laughs> Uh, you know, it's 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 good. It's it's cool. Um, and the only other thing I did in the last two weeks is that I went shopping for, uh, sort of shopping for a new car, which I told you a little bit about. Because yes. I got a, I got a call from the Chevy dealer, like, "Hey, if you want to get out of your lease early, come on in." And I was like, "All right." And then I did not realize the long of the short of it is that I did not realize how good of a deal I have on my current lease because <laughs> I wanted to get the basically the same car but newer with this extra package, which I went in there and I said, look, I want to get, you know, I, I, I might want to buy the car. I might want to just look what else is there, blah, 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 blah. I was like, ideally what I would love is better sound and if possible, like a sunroof, moonroof thing. Like I don't need yeah, those yeah. things, but if It'll I could get nice. those and it's not, it's weird, it's nice. And weirdly, Chevy has a package, which is literally just those two things <laughs> and nothing else. And I was like, and it's like a thousand bucks. And I was like, bad. oh, yeah. Absolutely. Like that's like so that's enough to make it like have like a new car be exactly what I want. The guy comes back with a number and it is double what I'm paying right now. And I was Sick. like Nope. And I almost like got up and left. I'm like, look, I can't do this. And then he's like, well, what if I could do this? And I was like, if you can get this number, what you just said, yes, we'll do it right now. And he came back and it was closer to that number, but not there yet. And I was like, let me think about it. Um, but I'm going to figure out how bad uh, my tax return is going to be and sort of go from there. But I think, you know, based on your that. friend Zach, uh, but based on what your friend Zach did, we've, we've talked about Zach on here before. Yeah. Probably just going to wait till the summer, you know, go from there. But there are good deals to be had right now because it is president's day month but there's <laughs> deals all year long so i mean yeah i think what is it like august zach always says like august is the rowdiest because like that's when they get the new like the next year's cars in yes and that's what that's because that's what he was saying to me too like i because my lease that i have right now started in august. i have a 16 but they were the 17 was out so i think they were just like we just need yes. to get rid of these cars exactly yeah that's the best time to do it according to Which zach is fine. Sold yeah. a lot of cars he always always like if you come in August, they drop their pants. So yeah. if you're looking for a new car, go buy it in August. So I will definitely go look there. But, you know, I was just like, man, I cannot. And it's also like, it just sort of sucks because I was like, well, what's it going to cost to buy my car? And that price is way up, too. It's just <laughs> like, because the, you know, the APR Please. is higher and everything. Yep. I'm just like, you're just sort of like backed into this deal that almost feels in retrospect too good to be true. And then it's like, cool, you want a new car or you want to keep your car? Like pay us a whole lot more money. And then like, you know, your car is worth less <laughs> than what you owe. And it's yep. just like, God damn, like it just, it just sucks. Um, so, you know, whatever this next one's going to be, I think it'll be my forever car until we don't need cars anymore and robots just drive us around. But. I can't wait for that day. But yeah, so that's that's all I got. Anything else that you did in the last yeah. uh, couple of weeks, or is that no? Uh, I was I, I'm gonna have some cool news because I'm doing fun stuff this weekend. But cool. Well, next episode, next Fast Five, on our way down to Rio, we can hear all about it. Yes. The next up, we have our Patreon and mailbag. So shout out again, Cassie Wilson, our patron over there. If you want to kick us a couple bucks, get some merch. We are closer now. You know, I have one more work trip to do. Once I get back, the next thing on my to-do list is to figure out merch, get some shirts made, get some stickers made. Patreon.com slash Too Fast Too Forever. Just search, I think, on there, Too Fast Too Forever. Find us. Yeah, you'll get find some it. merch. Get some bonus content if we get a bunch of patrons on there. I can't wait. Just for say hi. I'm so stoked. But the them. mailbag, the more important thing, if you want to email us, email family at cageclub.me. We will read whatever you write on air, or if you don't want us to, we don't have to. But Joe, we have six emails tonight. Damn. Okay. So the first one we're not going to read in its entirety, but this is from Wes. This is something we're going back and forth a lot. Wes okay. sent any character descriptions 
for eventually for all twenty characters for our quiz. He sent in about thirty descriptions. That's in total. great because honestly, like I really liked his, and I was hoping that he would finish them out. Because I mean, not that like I would ever ask him to finish them out, but like the ones that we got like in the beginning were so good that I was like, oh god, I want him to. And he was enjoying writing them. He was like, you know, this is sort of like this like the coolest like homework or coolest like essay assignment I've ever had. So homework, like, creative shout writing. Out to Brian, right? Yeah. Uh, if you listen to our all three parts of our Tokyo Drift crossover special, you would have heard on Third Time to Charm that we read. Uh, sh- uh, the the description of Roman which Brian got so go check out the third time the charm if you want to hear the first one and little incentive to go over there and check out the next episode yeah and we also the only time we will ever read it out loud until we add him to the quiz we read out the Sean Boswell uh, description too because he is not a character in the quiz but we read it over there because it was, we were talking about Tokyo Drift yeah uh, but he says in this email hey guys as I mentioned my previous email has been busy the past couple weeks so I didn't have time to get all the characters on my list so this first email he sent a nine but I hit the main ones, so here are some descriptions that are hopefully helpful for you to use. Since I don't know your grading criteria, I just tried to focus on the aspects of each character that are their strongest points and also differentiate yeah, them from perfect. other characters. Yeah. I also tried to work family into each one. I ended each with a tagline, intending to go back and rewrite a more <laughs> natural sending sentence to tie it in, but I haven't had a chance to revise them, so I figured if you're going to edit them anyway, maybe you can decide best how best to do it. Hope this helps. Well, Wes, They're perfect. no revisions necessary. They're yeah. perfect. I still think, you know, they they were more accurate, more funny, more personal than the Zimbio ones. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's not like the Zimbio ones had this, like, beautiful transition into the the final line. The final line, like, the reason we're, we have the final line that we do, you know, drive like the wind blows is because it felt so out of place. Like, it was cool, <laughs> but it felt so dumb, like, tacked on for the Zimbio thing. And, so and we then just... it, as we realized that every character ended with, and you drive like the wind blows, I was like, oh, yeah, this yeah. is hilarious. Which we didn't realize for a while, but, you know, we no. got there eventually, and uh, that was fun. But, yeah, so shout out Wes. Wes wrote all 20 descriptions. We have, you know, 30 or so in total now from him. Uh, so thank you. So oh, whoever, you know, we yeah. will we'll obviously mention in each episode, but whenever you hear it, hear a character description, you can think of Wes. Shout out Wes. Also, I was thinking, Joe, that this is going to be the first episode of this show since lap one where we're not doing a quiz. Oh, damn. Oh, that's Because we haven't refined our quiz yet. We will by the end of the lap. Yeah. But, you know, we don't have another guest on. Mike's already taken this new quiz. There's nothing for us to do here. So, you know, that's a little bit less to do at the end. But it's okay. maybe next episode or six or seven or eight, we will have the refined quiz for Mr. Mike Manzi. Next email from Jenny McMillan. Quiz answers. Shout out, Jenny. Hi, Jenny. Mm, hello. She says, hi, guys. When listening to the podcast for Tokyo Drift, I wondered about the answers for how the how." Okay, so here, this, okay, so she did maybe more research than we did, but again, that's par for the course. Okay. Okay. I wondered about the answers for the how fast are you question. I looked up high speeds for NASCAR, which is 210 to 212, yeah. roller coaster, which is 120 to 150, and Murcielago, which is 209 to 211. In addition, you have Prius, Vespa, and Razor Scooter. It seems as though they should be in descending order, but it didn't quite work that way. I'm also wondering how Roller Coaster fits in there, seeing as how it's a lot safer at high speed. And then she says on the How Furious answers, I needed to look up Kylo Ren and Jack McBrayer, seeing as how you came up with these new these new answers, maybe a little explanation of who they are and how furious they Ooh, are okay. would help listeners like me just saying Scaling later, them is a good idea. Yeah, like to scale them like in fury down. Well, well, so we did. Okay. We did in fact, fa- so she's saying our fast is not in order. However... Okay. The reason we have roller coaster second is because the Zimbio had roller coaster second. So that's why I did that. And I know that maybe it's more safe than being in a Murcielago doing 210. I've never done 210 in a Murcielago. I, I kind of like the idea of 
crazy, crazy fast, like, you know, NASCAR car, and then roller coaster, because those are the first two in the, the, the last quiz, and then sort of our new ones from there. I kind of like that. I mean, That's maybe cool. it should yeah. change. I get, but... I get both of them. I mean, like, yeah. it doesn't feel right or wrong to me either way, but I get it. Actually, I like the descending order, though. That makes sense yeah. for somebody taking the quiz, yeah. And then the Furious quiz, I think it's it's sort of... I feel like in everything we could do, we could be better. We are just not, you know, it's just yeah. sort of a shortcut. However, you know, like in the Zimbio quiz, when people are like, I don't know who that is, we would try to figure it out or explain or whatever. So if people, you know, if the participants didn't know it, you know, we would uh, elucidate that. But yeah. uh, sorry that we did not clarify for you. Um, but yeah, Jack McRae yeah. from... 30 Rock, he is the NBC page, he's the very meek, very friendly person, and Kylo Ren is Adam Driver's character in the new Star Wars movies, so yes. basically the equivalent kind of, of of new Darth Vader, so yeah, those are them, so if you did not know, now you know. Now you know. Uh, next email, also from Jenny, Too Fast, Too Furious. She says, hi guys, well since watching the first movie went okay, decided to watch the second one with the hubs, it was a bit of a letdown. Sorry to hear that. A, a lot of people don't like it. Uh, you're not in the... Yeah, go ahead. But I get why, after listening to you guys talk about it, he remembered the scene with the rat. So, again, the animal coming up again here on the Shout podcast. Out, but I didn't remember any of it, so I really doubt that I had ever seen it. In the meantime, I realized that I'm going to have to watch the rest of these on my own. He'd really rather watch movies he hasn't seen before, which, you know, I agree Fair. with. But again... Joey says the same thing, yeah. You know, I watch these forever. Uh, my one major question about that movie is, why do they raise that bridge so damn high? It could have still been good... <laughs> If the bridge was just a bit lower, but they do kind of overdo things, don't they, later, Jenny? I do think that's, you know, that's sort of the name of the game already in two. It is like a 20-foot drop. Like, it could have easily been like a three-foot drop, and you'd have been like, oh, wow, that's pretty crazy. I would like to, okay, so I'm going to give Tej the benefit of the doubt and say, like, it just has up and down, but no, like, half, and maybe they just hit, like, up, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Fair. No, no like actually, it. you know what? That's wrong. Because like, if it was like up, it would have been like fully up, like to let like a uh, mm. ship through. Yeah. So yeah, he just raised it and fucked on. They just wanted to wreck their cars, apparently. Again, yeah, because they're racing for two thousand dollars each, and they're doing much more damage than that to the car. But I also feel like if you go just like medium, everybody can make it. And I think that's really sort of where you separate the wheat from the chaff, if you will. <laughs> Maybe. Well, thank you, Jenny. Shout out, Jenny, for thank writing you. in. That was a good email. I do like that it feels like, in a sense, we have kind of broken her down or encouraged her to follow us over encouraged. here. Because she yeah. she loved Zach Attack. She loved that podcast, loved Zach Efron. There's some there's some juicy boys in this one, too, man. There are, but I feel like, you know, the, the, the Zach Efron, Shannon Tate, and Ryan Gosling were more kind of sort of her speed. Although she didn't like one of them. Was it... I don't remember if it's Gosling or Channing. I forget one of them. I forget. But the fact that she has followed us over here. It does. It means a lot to me. I like it. I'm glad she's back. Next email. If you remember, our Joe 3, Joe, uh, Joe Reed. Do you remember him? Yes. Hi again, guys. I just listened to episode 25, which which is is the Tokyo Drift episode, what we just did. And I decided to go rewatch Tokyo Drift. And? Um, even though it's number eight on my ranking. Maybe I was being biased when I watched this before, because I'm so for American Muscle, but it was better than I remember it being. It's a lot of fun, especially if yeah. you like the franchise. Like, you can't... You, I mean, I, I see why people don't like Tokyo Drift, but it's a lot of fun, man. You gotta yeah. give it a shot, yeah. Yeah. I think the opening sequence all the way up to when they end up in the police station is absolutely phenomenal. Agreed. Which, yeah, all the stuff in America, basically. Shangri-La, the, yeah. the apartment complex, or the... 
building project, whatever. The one thing I thought was really funny in that first race is when Home Improvement gets mad and rams his Viper into the 71 Monte Carlo. Yes! Old, real steel cars would demolish the lightweight material of a Viper, of although they, they seem to both get equal damage in the movie. Yeah, because, like, <laughs> yeah, those, those old cars... Actually, we were just talking about... I just saw Roma. You saw it, right? And the, do you remember mm-hmm. any of it? Uh, are you talking about like when when she, that that car just gets beat to shit the entire movie? Yeah, but it's like it's still fine. You know what I mean? Because it's like an old car, so like she like wrecks it off shit all the time. It just like scratches. You know, yeah. it doesn't like crumble like a new car. So yeah, I was thinking yeah. about that. I know you guys talked a little bit about it at the beginning of the episode, but Tokyo Drift seems more tied into the Fastiverse than Too Fast, Too Furious. We agree. With that, I read online that the license plate number of Sean's Monte Carlo, JSM586, is the same number that Don had in a 70 Chevelle after he repaints it for the race at the beginning of the next movie, Fast and Furious. I was watching license plates in this one watching today, and like I didn't catch anything out of the ordinary, and that's crazy. Like I was watching for it. And I, and I didn't catch... I mean, like, I wouldn't have caught that, but... Right. Yeah, that's cool, though. Well, I think we should, you know, in a future lap when we track the necklace, uh, we can also write down all license plates and see if there are correlations. <laughs> we got plenty if there's of any time, kind of hidden. Yeah, exactly. There's a little bit of a callback to this movie when they continue to the franchise. I went back and fact-checked, and they do indeed have the same plate number. After driving back into this movie, which I generally tend to avoid, I believe I'm going to bump it up to number seven in my rankings Ooh. and drop Too Fast, Too Furious to number eight. Well, Jenny it was, was way like better that. than I remember it being. Thanks again for doing the podcast. I did swing by iTunes to give you a well-deserved five stars. Thank you. We appreciate that. Thank you for the ratings. Um, we have seen that there's been some new ones, and thank yep. you for it. I like it. Be honest. I'm not asking you to give me a five-star review, but However, if you're listening, if you want to, that would be cool. We have 10 ratings so far, all five stars. I think there's so, 11. It was 11 the other day. Maybe. I'll take a look. Uh, you know, if you want to give us a rating, if you want to give us a review, whatever you want to do, whatever you can do, uh, would be super helpful in helping other people find this, because there are other Fast and Furious podcasts out there, and we want to make sure that we are found if people want to find us. We're so, the fastest. All of your support, all of your emails, everything is super, super appreciated. I'm looking on iTunes right now. 11 ratings, all five stars. That's Perfect. Awesome. Oh, we have a new we have a new review. Really? Yeah, I don't know who this is. IHUC thirty six. I H U C thirty six. These guys are great to listen to and they offer interesting perspectives and takes on movies I've seen over and over. Always looking forward to the next episode. Well shout out IHUC. Whoever that is. Maybe I don't know if you are someone that we know who's written in. If not, I don't know, but you know, let us know. Cool. Very cool. Eleven eleven ratings, all five stars, hands and praise emoji. Yes, please. Joe sends his email, do better than 180K, and the cops can't catch you, Joe. Thank you, Joe, for writing in. Thank you for listening. You are still our Joe 3. Sorry. Shout out. Just how it happened. Just It was just yeah. it was just order. The th- and you saw third third time's a charm. I know. It's not in offense. He is essentially number one after us. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like like nobody could be a, ahead of You know what I mean? It's, 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 That's I don't what think I'm it's, saying. I don't think it's a bad thing. No, it's exactly. Not- uh, next email from West Fast and Furious Lap Three. What up, fam? And this, this I think my this might be my favorite part of the email. He says, "FYI, Gmail now offers What up, fam? As a text suggestion when I email you. You know how oh, at the bottom? That's awesome. It just says like, like yeah. it's it's the auto corrector or whatever. The yeah, yeah, yeah. Auto suggestion. That's awesome. That's really awesome. So that means that machine learning does work. <laughs> Apparently, yeah. Uh, he writes, "Great Tokyo Drift episode. I'm halfway through the high school slumber party episode." and then eagerly awaiting the third time to charm ep 
all available at cageclub.me or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah. But I didn't want to wait to send this over just because I think you'll probably be recording before the third episode of this trilogy drops. There were a lot of good insights this time around by everyone, so allow me to weigh in with a few of my own tidbits. Go for it. First off, Joe, too, if I knew where those leather cuffs were, I would definitely send you one (laughs) best bracelet buds forever. (laughs) Thanks. Good. To answer your question about Vin Diesel being listed as a director, yes, he did write and direct Los Bandoleros, which I actually did read trivia for this tonight. But I agree it's weird to list him first, even if he is the face of the franchise. Yeah, that was based on, like, what Jenny said, right? Yep. Yeah. I have so many thoughts about no, Jenny Hobbs said sh- something, and then we. Jenny it brought up. it up about the weird order in of Netflix. actors. In Netflix. In something. Netflix. And yeah. then Google was sort of weird, too. And then I looked at the directors and it said Vin Diesel first, so it was, it was sort of weird. Yeah. I have so many thoughts about the Hobbs and Shaw trailer, but I'll keep it super brief. First, I agree with avoiding trailers for movies I know I'm going to see. I kind of wish I hadn't watched this one. Sorry. Because it was so long, and I worry it spoils some of the best parts of the movie, well, but I couldn't help myself. Like we said, we're at, we're at like two and a half hours each now. So two minutes mm-hmm. and 30 seconds, you got 1% of the movie. Yeah. How much did you really get? Actually, you know, math, because math matters, it's actually 2%. 150 minutes, 3%, 2%. Or three minutes, 2%. Oh, math yeah, 60 matters. minutes in an hour, not 100. Sorry, yep. never mind. Just like the TV show, 60 minutes. That's, <laughs> that's right. My math was way off. Obviously, I'm very excited about this movie, and I'll be there opening night. Oh, actually, so here, pause for a second. So, okay. Joe and I have a plan for Hobbs and Shaw, which you are invited to, dear listener. So, sort of halfway between, and again, this might be a bad idea, but we'll see. You're all family. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Halfway between where Joe and I live is one of the biggest malls anywhere nearby, uh, Palisades Mall. Palisades yep. Mall is massive. It was actually just featured on uh, Crashing, which I stopped watching, the HBO show starring Pete Holmes. Okay. Last week, they pretended it was a shitty mall or a big mall in New Jersey, even though it is in New York. So I was like, just, you know, stop making fun of New Jersey. I get it, but I get, you know, whatever. Yeah, I know. Eat shit. Uh, Palisades Mall, basically halfway between me and Joe, we are going to, there's obviously no showtimes yet for Hobbs and Shaw, but sometime that weekend, either the Thursday night or the Friday night, or, you know, if we can't get our schedules to align, Saturday, Joe and I will meet at that mall, and you... Let's make an event on Facebook. Yes. Cool. If you want to join us, if you're in the New York area, because it's near-ish to New York City, and I think that Brian Rodriguez, basically the four of us from the three-part crossover, you, me, Brian, and Mike, will all be there for the for the, yes. for the event, because they both live close. Exactly. But if you want to join us... You're welcome. Check out Facebook, facebook.com slash forever. Look for the event and join us at the movie to see Hobbs and Shaw together because it's going to be an all-timer tonight. And then our plan for that weekend is to, you know, go back home or, you know, go up to Joe's house or whatever, whatever. come down here, record an episode about it, and then put it out as soon as possible. So, spoiler-filled, see the movie, don't listen to the episode unless you've seen it. We'll announce, we'll, be, we'll t- get we'll it out there. Spoilers. But yes. Yeah. But, you know, we're, we're about five months out from that, but just putting it out there, you're all cordially invited to join us for Hobbs and Shaw if you're in the New York area or want to be in the New York area, so. Yes. That'd be fun. Can you imagine if we squat up like 30 deep to Hobbs and Shaw? we just rent out the movie theater and be like, okay, cool. Uh, here we go. Uh, I'll be there opening night, but this trailer kind of lowered my excitement, and I was uh, it was honestly the first time I thought this could have been a completely disconnected Dwayne Johnson, Jason Statham movie, which is kind of interesting because, like, you know, we've talked about how Fast Five was 
a different movie altogether. They sort of made it here. We've talked about on other podcasts, me and Mike at least, about how like Die Hard 3, I think this happens a lot in movies. I think Die Hard 2 and Die Hard 3 were originally not Die Hard movies. Okay. And they were just like, let's just make them Die Hard movies. Yeah. I know that happens in horror movies a lot, like especially, yeah. you know, Hellraiser movies and stuff like that. Like, there's just a different script and they just sort of throw them in there. So I do feel like you're right. Like, it probably could have been just these two actors. But, again, for branding, for profits, everything, you know, it makes sense. Plus... If the movie's good, we have to talk about it every, you know, two months or whatever, forever, so... Exactly. I'm not complaining. Yeah. I mean, we're going to see it enough times, I'm sure. Basically, they're just skipping the introductions by using established characters, but other than that, and I still... I do... I keep interrupting his email. They're still going to have to introduce the characters. It might not be a complete backstory, but they can't just assume, I don't think, that everybody's seen... I'm thinking that we might get the reverse of what you guys are saying and get, like, full introductions, because we we never really got, like, who The Rock is or who... Uh, Shaw is. Decker you know? Shaw like, is, yeah. Mm-hmm. So they, they could actually spend a lot of time giving us background. And I think that would like actually appease the fans and be easier for people that are coming into this out of order or something, you know? Who knows? Yeah, well, we absolutely. Don't know. That's just a guess. Basically, they're just skipping the introductions by using established characters, but other than that, I feel like there's no connection at all. I really expected Mr. Nobody to make a cameo at Same. least, but again, we're still six months out, so I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt and suspend judgment until the movie comes out. I love both actors, so I would have definitely seen this if it wasn't part of the the Fastiverse anyway. Yep. Agreed. Someone mentioned Sean's McDonald's cup when he was in school. My high school in Phoenix had Taco Bell and Pizza Hut lines in our food court, along with the normal school food, and my junior high had Arby's. He's supposed to be in Arizona, so maybe it's an Arizona thing. I've never heard of it. I've never heard of this either. That's amazing. That would have been crazy if I was a kid. I mean, I would have been an even, uh, even fatter kid if I had those in my high school and my middle school, but, you know, it's cool that it exists. Yeah, it's really cool. I'm, I'm actually jealous. I think it's a bad idea to not have it, like, as, like, a branding perspective. Like, you know, you want to get it in there early, get the kids hooked, right? Yeah. I always remember back to uh, about Richie Rich, where he has a McDonald's in his house. And I was like, oh, man, I want that. But also, I don't want that, but I think it's still really <laughs> cool. You know what I mean? Exactly. I agree. Yeah. Now that you're doing a little bit more trivia, I have something for this movie that might not be online. Another Fast and Furious podcast, No One Likes the Tuna, which is the one that we found out we talked about yes. in the, way back in the first episode, mm-hmm. that I don't think exists anymore, uh, did an interview with Justin Lin's assistant, who worked with him on part of Tokyo Drift and all of Fast and Furious. One of the most interesting things he mentioned was that in the original script, oh, this is actually really cool, uh, Twinkie was described as an Asian character who classmates teased for acting white. That's where the name Twinkie comes from, yellow outside, that makes white sense. inside. Yeah, yeah. That strikes me as a pretty racist nickname, but maybe it's not a big deal in Japan. I'm not sure where Bow Wow came into the mix, but the name stuck, which I feel like, you know, I was thinking about this, and I think, you know, in Childish Gambino's songs, he, call, he talks about, you know, Getting called Oreo, Oreo as a, as yeah. a as a hate as a hateful name, so I think I guess it depends on how you take it's it, identity. how it's said, identity, yeah. how you want mm-hmm. to be seen, how you are seen. It's nothing that I would ever use to describe someone, but I I think your level of offendedness depends on you personally. Also, it can't ever be officially confirmed because of licensing issues, and it's just a funny Easter egg thing. But Justin Lin and Sung Kang both agree that Han or that this Han is the same Han from Better Luck Tomorrow. Justin Lin also brought over several other actors from Better Luck Tomorrow to play different characters in Tokyo Drift. Hmm. Better Luck Tomorrow is a wild early 2000s high school movie. Brian should definitely cover it. I think he is going to. I mean, he's got a a master list of all sorts of crazy movies. Hopefully. He'll remember us, yeah. And I'll tell you all about it when we see him again. (laughs) 
Yes. I don't remember if I brought this up before, so if I did, you can skip it. But a few weeks ago, my wife and I went to the Unbreakable Split Glass Marathon at the Alamo Draft House. Ooh. Name that parking lot. We had never seen Split, <laughs> and I only heard it was somehow connected to Unbreakable, so I didn't really know what to expect. We saw Split. Yeah, I like Split. I don't think I, I don't remember Unbreakable. So I saw Unbreakable probably twice. I don't remember a ton about it. I saw Split at Fantastic Fest. Uh, my my favorite Split memory, and this is not really a memory about Split at all, but after I saw it, I tweeted something about how, like, Split was good, but I thought Anya Taylor-Joy, who's the main girl, was so good, and between that and oh, The Witch, I, I was, like, this. all about, yeah. uh, you know, her being in all these movies, and she quote-tweeted and just said, like, thank you, and then all of her, like, rabid, ravenous fans, <laughs> like, liked my tweet and, like, started following me and everything like that, so. It was um, awesome. But yeah, Anya Taylor-Joy, you know, this, at the time, probably 17 or 18-year-old girl knew who I was, and I was, ugh. Yeah, just the best. Mostly joking, but also not entirely joking. This is actually something I think that Mike brought up, because we were talking about retrofitting, right? Characters from other movies and other movies or whatever, right? So um, at the end, when Bruce Willis has his cameo in the diner, all I could think about was Vin Diesel's cameo in Tokyo Drift. So Ah, yeah, absolutely. Last thing I'm going to weigh in on the Sean... Okay, so this is... So Wes is as into this detail-wise as we are, and I still don't (laughs) think we have clarification. Is this a Sean timeline thing? Sean's dad time difference debate. Okay, go ahead. I always get hung up, and I have also, for the record, when we bring Mike in here, I have a question about this movie too, but we'll get into that a little bit later. Okay. I always get hung up working out timelines while watching movies. FNF 8 presents some really interesting inconsistencies, so this is something I always kind of wondered about, but never took the time to dig into. I don't remember who was arguing which side, but the way I see it is there's three possibilities, so here we go. Three choices, okay. Sean's dad simply forgot and is making excuses. That's this fair. seems like the least likely because someone mentioned he's a career Navy man. Yeah. He doesn't seem to be forgetful or lazy in any other instance in the movie. He doesn't really make excuses either. He's not, like, lying about shit. So. Right. So it seems unlikely that he forgot a major change to his lifestyle was about to happen, which I don't think any of us argue that. I think that is valid to bring up, but I yeah, think we're all like... Yeah, that's definitely an option, but yeah, I don't think... He so. didn't just completely forget, but I agree. Okay. Sean's dad thought his mom meant he was arriving on the 7th Tokyo time, which is the 6th U.S. time, but she actually meant the 7th U.S. time. In this instance, Sean arrives on the 8th in Tokyo, which is day later than expected, which is well, you my argument, yeah. I think, right? But he has a hooker is my... Yes. Good. This seems unlikely, even with the time difference confusion, because in this instance, based on this character throughout the movie, Sean's dad would have been concerned that his son didn't show up when he was supposed to. At the very least, he probably wouldn't have hired entertainment for the night just 24 hours after his son supposedly went this missing. Which is totally with you, Wes. It's, it's a thousand percent what I said. Yeah. Third option: Sean's dad thought his mom meant he was arriving on the seventh U.S. time, which is the eighth Tokyo time, but she actually meant the seventh Tokyo time. In this instance, Sean arrives on the seventh Tokyo, which is a day earlier than expected. Yes. This seems most likely. So yes. Wes, he wrongly assumed Sean's mom would be using her local time and seems to be obviously caught off guard and embarrassed when Sean shows up. I figured he was probably just trying to enjoy his one last night of freedom before Agreed. his son shows up to ruin it. Yep. He wanted to dot, 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 go out with a bang. <laughs> Which I, 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 I see where you guys are coming from. I just think that we shouldn't discount my idea. Okay. That's I mean, I'm I discount saying. your ideas every single day of our I lives. understand that, but let's not. <laughs> okay. uh, and that's it. I hope that overly complicated explanation helped you settle your debate. No, because I am going to die on this goddamn cross. I do have a car pick for you this week, so I'll include that below. Looking forward to any new insights you have on the soft reboot that is Fast and Furious. Side note, new model, original parts. 
I haven't been watching along with the episodes, but just listening to you guys talk about them has made me see each movie differently. Parentheses, mostly for the better. Until next episode, stay furious, Wes. Very furious. I'm I'm feeling fast and furious today. And then the final email from Jess Montez. I was afraid we were going to have a ton because she wrote in a bunch of like all the Fire Ass Titles emails, which we will have for yeah. Boyfriend Material and Magic Mikes eventually when we get to those. Okay. So I was like, I hope, because I knew that we had a full email bag. Again, family at cageclub.me if you want to write in. And I was worried that we were going to have like a dozen Montez emails. We only have the one today, though. Yeah. Okay. Subject line, episode six, which for the record was 20 episodes ago. <laughs> She's catching up, man. I like Montez. She is. Yeah, I'm real far behind in this. I think it's because I still don't really like this franchise, so it's hard for me to get on board, but I'm willing to give it a listen still. Listen, Montez, shape up, or we're going to ship you out to Tokyo. That's all i got to (laughs) say. She says, I've now officially listened to all of the episodes of movies that I have seen. This is all brand new for me from here on out. Little scared. I'll catch up sometime before... 2027, which, as as long as she can show up to the 1327 party... Exactly. ...caught up on episodes, we're fine. Well, by that time, there's going to be, like, 30 other movies, so who the fuck knows? Montez, you got... So Montez watches as many movies as I do, but she still refuses to watch these movies, and instead watches, like, hot trash garbage movies that even she hates. So I don't know, <laughs> Montez, when you get here in, like, six months, figure your shit out. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, but again, thank you for writing, and we love you. All right. That's all we got. Email family at cageclub.me if you want to be part of the next mailbag every two weeks. We're going to do this. I have some ideas that I want to talk to Joe about for the next lap, which we might have a few shorter episodes in between, so it might be sort of kind of weekly next lap. So, but whatever. If you want to be read on an episode, family at cageclub.me. Okay. On the streets and rock the vote. So first up, we'll do rock the vote. We're going to go to Google News. Okay. And we're going to search The Rock president and there is nothing new so we're still in the same place that he is going to maybe run in the future but not in 2020 damn i hope he announces soon it's they're coming out like the announcements are coming so on the streets so this is the fast and furious news since our last episode i've got a few different things number one uh hobbs and shaw has wrapped shooting they are done shooting that's oh they are the post-production yes oh cool they're post-production right now and the rock i don't know if you saw this the rock has called it his most challenging film i don't know if that's because he's now i can i can feel like that's number one maybe just marketing fluff but number two it also might be the fact that this is a major franchise well physically challenging number two but also it's a it's a major franchise that's not his and now he's being asked to lead it you know what i mean i feel like there is a lot of pressure here that the this is a multi billion dollar franchise which he has helped grow. What movie did he like did they did it fail real bad or he was like really Baywatch when he he was like pretty yes. sad when like they bashed Baywatch. He was very defensive of Baywatch like it's not as not bad like defensive fans like aggressively but he was just like it was sad. It, 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 you could tell it meant something to him. So yeah. if people like go out and bash Hobson Shaw, The Rock might be really upset about it. Yes. Some other news since uh, the last time we found out that The Rock cast his dog in Hobbs and Shaw, and it's adorable. Uh, We also found out that this is very big news. Uh, Fast and Furious 9, whatever it's going to be called, now has a new date, May 22nd, 2020, which is Memorial Day weekend next year. So 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 Mike and I were talking when we recorded some Cage Clipper visited this weekend. So here's what's really exciting, okay? Okay. So this year, Hobbs and Shaw, right? Next year, Fast and Furious 9. Yes. Possibly 2021, we have... 
all-female spinoff. Yeah. 2022, almost certainly, unless it tanks, which it won't, Hobbs and Shaw 2. Probably. I, I, I was going to say the same thing, yeah. And then 2023, Fast 10 Your Seatbelt. And then from there, you know, who knows? But like, it feels like there is a very clear path for this is the first of five years in a row with a new one of these movies. We so can only hope, dude. We're we in a very, very hope. exciting time. Yeah. There is one other little bit of news that I have, I, have a little I one. think. Uh, oh, the, 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 only, the only one that one I want to do before I let you go is that, uh, I just posted this today, Idris is going to host SNL on March 9th. So if you want to yeah. watch that. I wonder, has he hosted before? No, this is his first time hosting. Okay. I also feel like, I guess there's no new SNL in August, right? So I, I, there's no... You no, August is when we request tickets because I do it every year and never get fucking tickets. Maybe there will be Fast and Furious skits, skits, skits sketches, whatever. Uh, who knows? But check it out, March 9th, SNL. Oh, right. with there Idris might be Elba. Fast and Furious sketches. Good call. Yeah. Uh, so what you got? I have one little tidbit of news um, that's appropriate based on this. Ashley Graham and Gal Gadot are going to star in the new Revlon campaign. Oh, okay. Yeah, so uh, that's just really cool to me. I always like seeing Gal in many things, and hopefully we get lots of billboards of her beautiful face around <laughs> everywhere. This was her first film. I don't know if you knew that, but this is her first yep. film. And so yeah, She posted something on Instagram. This, I thought it was a little bit creepy, then I thought it was actually kind of sweet, and I still don't know exactly where to fall. But she posted uh, like basically a repost of Zack Snyder, who directed Justice League, Okay. who said, this is the, the picture that I took. It's him holding it like a Polaroid. This is the picture I took of Gal on the day that I met her, she didn't know it yet, but she was already my Wonder Woman. And I was just like, uh, that's that's yeah. cute, but it's also like, why, I, I guess it's probably in an audition or whatever, but like, why are you taking pictures of her? Like, it just, and like, why do you still have that picture? Like, it just, it all feels a little, Ooh, a little I just iffy. found the picture, and it's like, it's pretty sultry. I know, like, she's, I think she's in like a tank top, but it kind of looks like it could be just like a bra, you know, like, it just feels, everything's a little, you know, ooh. Yeah, I, well, who knows? I don't know. If um, I had pictures of Gal Gadot on Polaroid, I'd be posting them everywhere I could. You shoot. don't? <laughs> if I did, man, my life would be completely different, let me tell you. Do you have any other news about uh, On the Streets? Anything else in, no. the, in the world of Fast and Furious? No, we covered a lot. So here's what I'm going to do. So we're going to skip Stars of the Stars this week, because yep. I feel like you know, with Mike here, there's a lot of pomp and circumstance in cool. good ways. I'm also going to say we skip New Lap observations only because there's, like, I was trying to, I, I had, had some one. things that I want to mention, but I I'd rather one. get Can his take on them, too. Oh, go for it. Go for it. I This was the first time I noticed that at the end of this movie, when they're going to pick up Dom in the bus, that yeah. Brian has the chain hanging from his... I saw movie. that. I made a note of that. Yep. Really? Yep. Mm-hmm. Because, like, don't you think, like, Mia would have it? You know, like, of all the possibilities of who has it, like, Brian has it? That's, like, the... I don't know. Yeah, because I also had made a note... I made like, a note in a previous uh, watch, I think, lap two that I thought Braga was wearing the necklace, and then I this time was. around, it wasn't. It's just a, it's a plain silver a very necklace. very similar it's a, it's a different cross, but it's a different, you know, it's a different necklace, so. Oh, okay, maybe it's just symbolism. Because then we see the necklace, so when when Letty dies, or, you know, quote-unquote yeah. dies, and Dom goes back and he's talking to Mia, and he's, you know, wanted by the law, he looks at the car, and Mia's like, Letty wouldn't let them junk it, she was working on it every day. We see there the necklace hanging around the rear view. So, like, it's there, It's it's been with her because he leaves it for her on the stack of money and she put it in his car you know what i mean so like it's still tied okay. between them so okay so anyway that'll do it for the opening segment here we're gonna take a quick commercial break come back with another word from petco and then we'll welcome in the mikester for lap three of fast and furious right here on two fast two forever <laughs>
three forever. What? <laughs> <laughs> Two fast, two forever. The Fast and Furious podcast. Lap three, the ride-along lap. And this is going to be Fast and Furious, the fourth movie one. And this episode is brought to you by Petco. With more than 50 years of service to pet parents, Petco is a leading pet specialty retailer that obsesses about delivering health and happy experiences for pets and people who love them. Healthier pets, happier people, better world. Petco. You know, I didn't talk about this in the opening because I didn't think of it until just now, but you know, I've, I've been going to Petco a lot lately because they have uh, food that my cat can digest because she's an older cat and she can't oh, really deal right. the, yeah. the cheap food. And they yeah. also have like a really cool policy where like, if your cat just doesn't like the food, just bring it back even oh, open. They'll just give you a full refund. It's really cool. My cats are hood rats, so they eat anything, so I don't have this problem. Go ahead. Here's what I learned. Petco employees are, I think on average, nicer than most other retail employees. Because they like However, pets, man. However, they're also yeah. by far way weirder than, like, they're just, it feels like everyone I talk to there has not talked to another human <laughs> being in a week. <laughs> <laughs> and it doesn't matter like whether they're at the register. They're it's usually the register people. But I'm just like, just let me pay. I don't. I don't like. They all make these like these weird Did jokes. I, tell you, I told you guys about the time that like I was at PetSmart and the guy was like, yeah, you know, turtle cages are on sale. I was buying cat food and he's like, turtle cages are on sale this week. And I was like, okay. And he's like, yeah, man, great deals. He's like, I just bought a new turtle cage for myself. And I was like, okay, <laughs> like buying cat food. <laughs> I understand, like, on, on, in that, like, it could kind of sort of be like, oh, they're trying to promote sales. No, this kid was just stoked that turtle stuff. on sale. It's just weird, man. It's just weird. I don't know. I'm still trying to figure out the connection with the sponsor. Oh, the iguana the in the opening tonight. scene, of course. Yeah. The iguana. It's, it's for all your reptile <laughs> needs, so... you can go to Petco. Oh, I love, yeah. I love Well, that it. voice you hear is... That. Is that the same iguana from the Protocol in New Orleans? <laughs> the that same year. has quite an Isn't it the same year? Yeah. I think wow. so. Big year it. for iguanas, I can tell you that much. At least that one. <laughs> At least, well, I mean, maybe that one, or maybe not, who knows. But uh, that voice you hear is, of course, uh, the Mikester, here again for his fourth stop on the ride-along. Um, we are here... Not the third one. So here's my here's my first note about this movie. Okay. It is more globe-spanning than I gave it credit for. True. It is. Yeah. I, in my mind, Where I'm like, this start? is a... Where did they start? in... Dominican Republic. The Dominican Republic. Oh. He also goes to uh, Panama City. That's right. Mm, beautiful shot, that the mountain with the... But I always around. think, like, and I think it is true, but I think of this movie as, like, Southern L.A. and Mexico, right? Yes. Like, that's... Or Southern California yeah. and Mexico. That's a primary. Which it, that's a which primary. it is. Yeah. But Dom's not there for the first half hour. Letty's not there at all. Yeah. That we see. True. Also... You know, we, we talked a lot about how, like, Letty's not in a lot of these movies. One thing that we did not, we never, like, outright said, but is on the trivia, is that Letty has no scenes in this movie with Brian or Mia. Like, she's oh. just, like, she's only with Dom and then is killed off screen, quote unquote, killed and off screen. And, uh, yes. The brothers. Yes, yes. Um, down in the Dominican Republic. Republic. But, yeah, I mean, like, for, for such a central character, especially when the tagline for this is new model original parts, the original parts don't even, like, coalesce, so, you know. She's also not in it very much, so, like... Mia kind of disappears for a while as well. She's not in it. It's more Brian and Dom getting getting that relationship back on track. If it Which is, I mean, the, the through line, that's the center... 
that's the main relationship in all these movies. Which yeah. the the film club that Joe and I run, our pick this week is Point Break. So we've been spending a lot of time yes. thinking oh. about and talking about. I'd only seen it once between these two. Um, at Joey's house, Giselle, I think, is the one who says in this vile con Dios. She says it twice. Love it. Which awesome. I, I well, the first time I was like, oh, cool, uh, Point Break comparison, and then she says it again, and I'm like. Is that one up it terrible writing or just like this is her thing? Because I don't think she ever says it again. Ooh. Gotta track it. I don't know. Track it like the necklace. I guess just forget. The, you mean forget the track? It. <laughs> I, I, I see what you mean. But yeah, because I mean, Viacondios is a very big line in Point Break. So again, you know, we're four movies in, but it still could give that sort of Point Break feel that you know, cop and yeah. criminal on the same side of the law, different sides of the law, whatever. Brings up Viacondios. I was like, cool. And then she says in the middle, she says it at the end. And I was like, what the hell? Like, how? What? Yeah, dude. I've never watched Point Break, even from the perspective of, you know, Fast and the Furious, and they're very fucking similar, so... Well, it's essentially a, a reboot, a remake, kind of. It's like an homage, it's a... Yeah. It's the same... Same story. There's the same restaurant verbatim, which we talked yeah. about on our Cruise Club episode uh, with, with Christian Larson of Monkey Club. Mike, remember he said that he was given this list, and, like, the, the same restaurant's in Losing It. Like, it's the final oh, shot yeah. in Losing It. We're just like, what? Like, it. Who, how, how? Like, what? I guess it's just that this famous restaurant that, you know... Everybody goes to. We need to go there. I like. I really need to go there. I know Wes has been there, but like, I want to go there. I want to get some shrimp. I want to hit on a girl that works there. I want to eat shrimp lovingly with a man that is very buff and bald. I want to do it properly. We can do it. We can do it. But so, okay, so Mike, here we are. Yes. Very okay, exciting. so actually, here I have not. I have not done this yet. So before we get into the discussion, let's okay, find some okay. questions to ask you. Oh, bueno. Okay, let's see here. Let's see here. Let's see here. All right. That's still not for this one. That's still not for this I got one. one. Mike, if you yeah. were Dom. Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. This is, we're not just open-ended <laughs> questions. Where did this come from? <laughs> I just got this. This one just came into my head, and I want to hear what you guys have to say about it. Oh, boy. Okay, because I don't think we actually... We don't actually have any questions that are for this movie specifically, so let's see what this question is. It's, if you were Dom, yeah. do you opine a dead Letty so much that you neglect Gal Gadot? Well... Letty's dead. I mean, Letty's dead. Yeah. I think I have to, and this is something I was thinking Dom might be doing, I have to avenge her death first. Okay. And then I think I can sort of be in the headspace to accept Giselle's advances. But, like, you know, Dom acknowledges them. And I think I'd definitely let her know I I read her loud and clear, but I'd also have to tell her, look, let me just kill Phoenix, and then we can get on with it. (laughs) Yeah. But the thing that creeps me out is, like, he's like, this is my perfect woman. And she's like, I'm not any of those. And he's like, I know. And you're like, come on, asshole. Just, like, leave the door open a little bit. But then she's still down for whatever. Like, I feel like she's still cool. Like, yeah, you know, she is. She's in, she risks her life at the end, right? Like, she becomes part of the family and, and yeah. the crew. They, they find, they find uh, their place together. Yeah. That doesn't sound anything like me. It ain't. It ain't. I said it when we were watching it. I said it, and Rachel like heard me like saying it with the movie in the dumb voice, and she was just dying. Oh, there's there's a hint. I mean, th- this movie is not pretty cool. Doesn't have as many iconic quotes as other ones, but there's a lot of mm-hmm. real. I mean, like ride or die. Remember is from this movie. True. Yeah, I feel like there's a lot towards the end too. They just come like pardon the pun, but they do come fast and furious at the end. Like, everything is a tit-for-tat by the <laughs> end of this. Like, uh, and it's great. They're expanding the world of one-liners, because, like, as we said, like, mm-hmm. around, like, seven or eight, it's a lot of just Dom just, like, 
just delivering one-liners over and over again. And, like, this is, I think, where we begin that. You know, it's something that I don't give my my dad, like, shit for when we watch movies, but, like, he always laughs at, like, corny lines from just, like, like I just roll my eyes like, at, at the kind of yeah. lines that he laughs at that, like, they feel like the kind of lines that if you were fed an input, like, that's exactly what you would write. Like, it's not creative. It it just sort of, like, it's the line that's supposed to be there. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't say it's good or bad, but it's just, like, I think there's something, it's not predictable. there's something to be praised about that. I, I kind of enjoy, like, a comfort of knowing the line, even in movies that like you d- haven't seen before. I think if you're if you're into the movie, I think it's a good thing. If okay. you're not into the movie, I think it's like a grown mm-hmm. eye roll. Yes, okay, can't fair. be better. I can see that. Yeah, and that's sort of why I'm saying here, like all these lines, like, a lot of these lines here feel like they could be like that, and I just like I just laugh, like I'm just giddy <laughs> when you know, like. Mm-hmm. When Braga is in the church at the end, he's asking for forgiveness, and Dom just goes, "You ain't forgiven." It's just like it's such a dumb line. But I'm also like, "No, man, that's yeah. that's perfect. Like that's exactly what we're supposed to say there." Mm-hmm. It almost feels real because like the lines are like so badly written. They feel like something that like I would have come up with. Like yeah. if they if like they threw me into the scene and they're like improv it, I'd have been like, "You ain't forget." You know what I mean? Like it's so yeah, perfect. Yeah. yeah. Or like when, yeah. when right before that, Brian says, "This is where my jurisdiction ends," and Dom just goes, "This is where mine." Be-. Exactly. Like, Fuck yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, I feel like it really start, it embraces that side of itself. Um, I mean, we'll get into it later, but like this used to be one of my least favorite, and now I've in this screening, like I've come around so much on this movie. It's really? incredible for so many, for so many different reasons. This Good. is the one when we were starting the podcast. Joe was like, "This is my least favorite one. Hands I don't down. like this one." I that thought we that got this to was, it. This one was. I thought that this one was garbage. I was like, I want to delete this one from my memory. I'm done. Like mm. before when we did our rankings, before we rewatched them, I was like, four is the one that like I skip every time. I don't like four, and I came around yeah. big time in the first lap. Yeah, yeah. Fast, ampersand, furious. Right. I mean, it's just they cut it down again. I feel like they cut it down to the essentials, just a different type than part three, where like three was all about the cars and the culture. This is about character, and they get deep. You know, like they they reforge that crucial bond between brothers in this one movie, and I, I'm just like, yeah, they wow. needed this. It's it's actually it a really worked. backbone movie to like the rest of the series. Like you can't get mm-hmm. anywhere else without four. I mean, minus Letty, you know, coming back from the dead or whatever. But like Brian and Dom, you're right. Their relationship without this foundation in four, like they it could have gone a bunch of different ways. We wouldn't have family. We mentioned a little bit going back to your question for a second, Joe. You mentioned you know yes. would you opine Letty or get with Gal Gadot? I do think, you know, in past laps, I've said, you know, it seems like he's sort of kind of opening to her when, like, Letty's not even cold in the ground. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. they bury her. But I think, you know, he he is working through all that shit, you know, and he he explains his dream woman and says, you know, Gal's like, that's not me. He's like, you know that it's not you. Like, you're, you know, she's kind of, to, to steal the corporate term again, Joe, like, she's the one who's there. I mean, she's also yeah. beautiful, proximity, but she's just the one crush. who's there. Do you watch Do you watch corporate, Mike? I haven't yet. Oh, corporate God. is great. It's so corporate much fun. Really I just good. actually watched the newest episode literally right before we recorded after I finished Fast and the Furious, and they're all so funny. If anybody's, like, watching, if you've ever had a job that might even involve an email watch corporate it's really funny with the exclamation point being broken yeah exactly um, you know he saves her life which is a sexy thing but so my, my sort of regret 
not regret, but my, my hope that is dashed in this movie is that on cageclub.me, where we post the episodes, each episode has a an image yeah. associated with it that we share on Facebook and Twitter and stuff. And, yeah. You know, this lap we're doing uh, pictures of two people in the car together because ride it's along. the ride-along lap, so mm-hmm. I want to have that. That's sort of the central focus. And at the end, when, you know, the feds come in and they, they get who they think is Braga, but he's just like the, the actor. Like, he's basically, oh, God, I can't pull his name from Iron Man 3. Mike, what's the, the, the character? Oh, the Mandarin? The Mandarin. Uh, he's yeah. like the Mandarin of this room, right? Oh, he's, right? He's a nobody, yeah. essentially. In that, you know, ruckus, Dom saves Giselle's life, and then the two of them drive off together, and I was like, all I need is one shot of that interior, because, like, Dom and Giselle in the same car, like, that's the cool, that's the picture. Yeah, And exactly. we don't, we just see the car drive away, and then it's Brian, like, in trouble because he let them get away. You know what I mean? And I was just like, yeah. damn, like, that was my regret. Like, I wanted that picture. Mm. I got a couple other options. I got, I'm going to sort of mull some things over, but I got some options here for for episode four, but that was the one I really wanted. Because I'm always interested in, like, the pairs that aren't in a car together, usually. And yeah. that, like, that doesn't really happen. Because after this movie, yep. it's it's a whole different ballgame. Yeah, what's crazy is that Han and Giselle are in this movie, and they don't meet. Like, they don't even know what their future is, and yet they're both in this movie. I was like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> that was driving me crazy. I, I always it. forget the gal comes in here. Like, I always imagine that she starts in Same. five. It, oh, like, I don't. No, it's like, I know she exists. <laughs> And stuff like that, but like I always forget that she enters at four. Because yeah, my, yeah. my my first note when she comes on the first the first lap was just in all capital letters: gal, 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 gal. She's she's badness. Like she becomes. This is sort of in mm-hmm. a sense her heel you know, turn. The, the quick the quick pivot. Yeah. Well, the, yeah, the well, reverse I, heel turn, yeah. the hero turn, really. Yeah, I almost felt like she was almost evil Mia for half this movie. Oh. Like they almost have like the same sort of look to a degree. You know, they're these tall, big, strong brunette women that like can drive like demons and stuff and like they're just really tough people i don't know i was just like oh i'm getting like kind of a a mia vibe maybe that's why she's not in more of this movie yeah they would have kind of clashed if there's too much some op yeah and exploring options if they're gonna make giselle good by the end they maybe they weren't sure if jordan brewster would come back for more thankfully she did for a few more but they're like ah maybe they're hedging their bets or something i don't know but actually, here's a here's a good question. Before we get into our you know weekly question for this or the episodic question for this 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 lap about the cars you want to be in, I have a very important question. So what you mentioned, Han? I think the answer is don't overthink things. Okay. But you know, Han is at the very beginning helping them. You know, take the or try to get the tanker truck. They get the tanker truck, whatever, right? Yes. Yeah. Then they go back to that fire. Rico and Tega were there, or Leo and Santos, Party. or whatever they're called. And and mystery girl who's riding shotgun with. Does Han. she have a name? No. I don't I think so. I didn't. I didn't find her name. There's more. There's more agents and like all the FBI agents don't have first names either. So right. like I don't know. It's not great, but she she's sort of like a proto Ramsey in a way. Kind of. She's she got is. A, she looks kind of got that Ramsey vibe, right? but she doesn't have a line to say. She doesn't have a name. Ostensibly, who knows? But anyway, okay. So they get back to the the campfire. Dom's got all the money. Gives Rico and Tego the money. They're very happy. He gives the stack of money to Han. Han mm-hmm. looks reluctant to take it, and I was like, huh. And then he says about how they just raided their garage. He's got to get out of there. And Dom says, not to me, that they want. If they catch me, they're throwing big numbers at anyone who's with me. Yes. And so that's when Han is like, you know, maybe I'll go to Tokyo. Which, okay, so here's the Mm -hmm. question. It is possible that since we saw Dom ride off into the desert at the end of the first movie, so during two and during the time between two and four, like the Bandolero's time, whatever, that he has been riding with Han doing jobs with Han, establishing this friendship. But it kind of feels, but it doesn't make sense given what happens, that this is like 
right before Tokyo Drift. Because it feels like this is the scene where Han's like, I'm going to Tokyo, then the last movie happens. And I feel I like it, I wonder... that's writing. Because I think that, that what might have been, and this sort of, I think, is what you've guessed in past episodes, Joe, is that they, they sort of got a sense that, like, people liked Han, they wanted to bring him back, and so they're like, cool, like, this is, you know, this is now where he came from, and this also establishes, in some sense, that Tokyo Drift comes after. So it's like, yes. hey, here's Han... We knew from the post-credit scene, or you know, the the final scene, the tag, or whatever in Tokyo Drift, that you know Dom and Han knew each other. Yes. And so I feel like this is the writers like, look, this is the characters you guys loved. Here he is. And then he goes. But to then Tokyo. it doesn't make sense to me because Letty is dead, and she's dead in five, quote unquote, dead, right? Yeah. But then Han's back, so it feels it's this weird inconsistency, sort of. A, maybe that's just sort of a we don't know what we're doing with the characters. It doesn't feel to you. I guess the the long the short of it is. Doesn't it feel to you guys that this is like Han is going to go to Tokyo now? He's not going to like. They're saying you're go goodbye to Han. Somewhere. They brought him back just to say goodbye to him. Right is what the writing. But that's feels not what like. happens. No, and I think that the, like again they did the like pull the audience and everybody's like we didn't get enough Han in that one either and they're like oh shit people still really do like Han and then they bring him back again. Yeah, I think what might have happened is what happened when I saw it is, like, people lost their minds and were like, holy shit, like, they brought him back. It's taking place before Tokyo Drift. Like, they're opening up, like, all kinds of these possibilities. So, and and I think you're right, Joe. I think they're trying to gauge, like, a reaction, and the reaction was, like, extremely positive. And I think people were just, like, more Han, if he's still alive now, like, the timeline is you know, kind of warped at this moment. And in, if everybody was okay with that, continuity. then they were like, okay, yeah. cool, like, we're going with that. In part five, like, they just throw the kitchen sink and, you know, at, at that movie, like, everything is included. And so they're able to bring Han back, you know, yeah. and they need some time to work around and figure out how to bring Letty back. They, I feel like they needed that movie five to sort of figure out and reconfigure their motives and how they're going to bring her back in six. But you're right, Joey. The wording the wording specifically is like, I'm going he to says Tokyo, maybe, and now right? Tokyo Drift begins. Like, this is where we split. Yes. Yeah. Because there's, yes. at the end of five, when he and Giselle are riding off, she says something about Tokyo, or he says something about Tokyo, and it's kind of like, yeah, but we're not going to get there yet. Right? Yeah. Where is he in the beginning of five? He's just walking into the warehouse, right? He doesn't mention where he arrived from. We don't I, see, I think the beginning right? of five is sort of like the beginning of Ocean's Eleven, right? Where, like, it's Danny and Rusty outside. They're like, we need this guy, we need this guy, yep. we need this guy. And then they all sort of come together, right? What we need to do is yeah. we need to check and see if he's eating Japanese snacks in five. Because I know he's Ooh, eating snacks when he walks in. We need to see right. where they're from. Maybe that'll give us a clue. Yeah. I think you're right, though, Joey. It does definitely feel like, oh, he's on his way to Tokyo, but then, who knows, though, because maybe he did go to Tokyo and was this like, was oh, this theory. is badass, and then he leaves Tokyo to do some other shit, and he's like, I'll be back when I absolutely have to Well, I think Well, I think that's the the way that the writers could be like, or, you know, that Chris Morgan or whatever could be like, like you can't that's... go to one place once. It's, there's no rules that say he can't go to Tokyo and then go back to Tokyo. Well, he's from there, right? I assumed he was, he's uh, from there. No. No, because no? I think he's, he's I think not? he's Korean. Because he says, I'm know. an outsider too to Sean, remember? Remember, yeah, because this, right. yeah, this is yeah. his Mexico. Like, how'd you wind up here? That makes him even more interesting that he would, you know, I guess, flee to... To Japan and not back to. I wonder what happened in Korea. You know, he can't get back there or I something. Hope, I like, hope that's they make an a interesting story. It. We really want the Han and Giselle spinoff. It'll never happen, but we want it. 
Well, at the beginning of six, are Han and Giselle in Korea or China? Or do we not know? Singapore. China, I, think. I believe it's China. I think it's Singapore. Oh, okay. They're on the set of Crazy Rich Asians. Essentially. Well, it looks, it, it, it always reminded me of like a John Woo film, the way that started, because there's just like, you know, the excessive gun force and all that yeah. kind of stuff that's yeah. going on. Just no, just no dubs. Okay, so our question we've been asking each episode, two questions really. Who do you want to take a ride with, or who do you want to drive you around from this movie, number one? And number two, and I think that there's maybe an obvious answer, and I'm going to just say my answer is the tunnel scene. Uh, which scene would you like to be a part of? It feels like the tunnel okay. scene, in a way, Joe, oh. is kind of like supercharged, right? Like where it feels like yeah. you're kind of in a vehicle that's reacting to the world around you. That it's like the universal ride where all of a sudden you just make a hard left and it just like it's like the on-rails shooter or whatever in a video game. You know what I mean? So. Yep. I think they could have actually made that into the ride. It could have just been the tunnel scene and you'd have been cool with it. I would have been cool with it. So that's that's interesting because I think I talked about on this episode or the show a couple episodes ago when I went to Las Vegas and I did the uh, Avengers station. Yeah. And it was cool, but because it was all centered around Ultron, it felt dated. You know what I mean? Like I, I liked that it was a separate story oh, okay. that was the characters we knew because I feel like it would have been cool, but it's like if we go in 2018 and it's the brand new ride that they just spent a billion dollars on – and it's recreating the thing from the fourth movie, it's like, what? Well, you, I, I don't, you know, like, I feel like it could be, what could be really cool, it'd be maybe expensive, is to do like a short scene from each movie. You're jacking the VHS players from the first one, you're jumping the car onto the boat in the second one, you are drifting through the downtown square in Tokyo Drift, you're, you're yeah. in the tunnels here. Like, if you go through like that way, I think that works. But I think if you did something nine years old... It eh, would definitely feel dated. I agree. Not great, yeah. Fair. So that's my answer for the second question, but what do you guys, so who do you want to ride with, which I still need to answer, and specifically, what scene do you want to be a part of? Uh, well, I definitely want to ride with Giselle in this movie. Oh, for obvious reasons. Mm-hmm. You know, mega crushing. Does she drive in this movie, though? Gal Gadot. Yeah, a little bit. And she doesn't right? have a like, motorcycle right? in this movie, right? I was going to ask you guys. So. I don't think she rides no. a motorcycle, because like, in the next one, like motorcycles become like kind of her thing. Yeah, like she yeah, shows up bit. in the motorcycle. I, so. I mean, I mean, you can that's still you can still pick that answer for you know obvious that's reasons. It's great, yeah. but it's not like a scene that she drives. Like she just she just sort of shows up from place to place. Yeah, she but. does, and she's always like next to a car, but she's like not driving in them. <laughs> I mean, there's so there's so many places to like so many scenes to be like a background character in like one of the races or the party or something. But I one of my favorite parts, and it's early in the movie, is because I think it's the first time we get this kind of quote-unquote race perhaps but the foot chase between brian and the suspect he's chasing uh like i just like that that a lot and i want to be somewhere in there where they're running and the guy maybe like bumps into me and i push him away and it like helps brian like get an extra like two feet ahead or something and then he's like yeah thanks citizen or something and i'm like drinking a nas (laughs) you go get him (laughs) yeah i like that that's cool that's a really cool way to do it in kind of an unconventional answer the person I want to drive with who doesn't really drive in this movie either is Braga, just because, like, I think, like, the whole city would be like, oh, fuck, Braga's driving around, and you'd just be like, well, no, boss, what? you'd be driving with Raymond Campos. They wouldn't know that it's Braga, but he's still the man. He's still, he's still big pimpin', so. That's what I mean. Like, I would rather, like, I, I'm just saying I'd rather ride around with a gangster in this one. Like, I want to be, like, part of the, like, the squad, and not, like, Nitro Meth guy either. I want to be the squad squad so i think riding around with like the boss or even like the boss's underling if they didn't know is like squad enough for me and i also feel like you know the nitro meth thing that's something it's not 
is not as bad, I don't think, as the hard F in the first movie, but, you know, calling everybody a pussy in this. Yeah, and uh, Dom does it, right? Yeah. Not great. No. Nah. What I do like about that is that at the very end, when he kills Phoenix, uh, he just yes. once again says pussy. Like, it's like a callback, which I like the... Uh, the idea of a callback. I understand, like, it's this emasculating word, but also there are other better words for that. It's dated, yeah. And so what scene do you want to be a part of? If you want to ride with them, what scene do you want to be a part of, Joe? Which car scene? Actually, I think if I wanted to be a part of a car scene, though, it would have to be the first one with the tanker and the flipping and, like, Dom sliding oh, yeah. under it. Cool. That's, been, that's the car scene I want to be a part of. But if I had to drive with someone, it would be Braga just to be, like, big dick and yeah. through... Mexico. Sure. I want to say for the who would I want to ride with, I'm not going to, but I kind of want to say I'd want to ride with that uh, trucker and his iguana, um, yeah. just because that's you know <laughs> a party and a half in that in that cab. But you know, Giselle is obviously a good answer. You know, I don't remember if I said this for the first movie, but like like riding with Mia would be cool again because Mia doesn't drive a lot, and like you know at the end here Mia drives a little bit again, which is cool. I want to ride with Dwight, the guy with the cowboy hat. Joe Dirt. Oh man, yeah, Joe Dirt. <laughs> Joe Dirt. That's perfect. Yeah. But who do I? Who would I want to ride with of everybody in this movie? You know, I, I have. I guess I haven't said it yet, but I, I'll. You know, I'll ride with Brian. Oh. I feel oh, like there, we always go. sort of take the the the, the less mm-hmm. obvious answers, but you know, Brian's pretty Brian's cool got a lot going one. on in this movie. He's coming around. He, the Buster's yeah. a car head, gearhead now. The first thing that when I was watching it this time, I noticed we get into the first scene, right? Gas leaking, Letty jumps onto the car, truck breaks in half. The first part starts tumbling and rolls and catches on fire. They kind of play it like it's a dead end, but really it's just a curve. And Dom has to go, like, under the truck when he could have uh-huh. just driven forward and went around the bend. Huh. Yeah. Well, yeah, cause I guess the truck, why would there they, ever be a dead end there? Yeah, and I, like, looked, and, like, the truck kind of, like, closes it off. But considering he, like, can drive anywhere... They could have just, like, tossed the car and, like, ran around the curve. Because when they show you from the one angle, you're like, oh, it's a curve. And then you're like, and then they make it look like a dead end, but it's not. Mm-hmm. And then they show you it again, and it's also a curve again. And you're like, oh. I think that's good directing because he makes you forget about, like, the geography and, like, tricks you into believing they have to be doing what they're doing at that moment. And I believe it. Like, I never really picked up on that. That's... Interesting. Yeah, I mean, how many watches that I had to do now and, like, to be, like, looking for inconsistencies yeah, like this. that's like finding out that there's an American flag in an office with a photograph of an American <laughs> flag in the very same office. Like, looking that deep. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I don't know, like, if you think about the geography of roads, just the idea of roads, why would a road ever end <laughs> on a mountain? Like a highway. A highway just ends on a mountain. Just, like, dead end. And, like, yeah. why would they be driving that way? It's not like they, like, yeah. turned them off the road or something. Like, he was going that way. How excited would you guys be? So at one point, you know, Dom calls Gal, right? He calls Giselle, and she says, you know, I was just thinking about you, and I was just like, oh, man. Like, have I ever heard Gal Gadot, like, say, I was just thinking about you, and be like, oh, man, that, that's it. Like, that's the end. Like, that's, I'm you good. Know, I could off myself. I, I agree. Yeah. I would just hang it up. I think I'd just call it a yep. day. I'd be like, I'm good. <laughs> Checking out now. Hang my jersey from call the rafters. You asked why I let Dom go. I think it's because of that moment. I respected him more than I did myself. One thing I learned from Dom is that nothing really matters unless you've got a code. And what is your code, Brian? I'm working on it. Oh. <laughs> it's awesome. Is that from the Mia and Brian it's scene? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. That, that that whole scene where they're sitting in the in the play, like the diner talking, just everything out of that is No, hilarious. no, no. It's not that one. That's This is the second. Uh, the first one's the, are you a good guy pretending to be a are bad you, guy yeah, or a bad guy pretending to be day. good? Every day. This is after. So this is when they've had dinner. 
Um, it's the sort of awkward, tense family dinner. Dom has gone off to find that Letty has a, has a cell phone in the box, and mm-hmm. she checks the evidence, called yeah. Brian or whatever. And so while he's doing that, they're having this conversation. And then the next time they see each other, they make up for lost time and they start making out. But yeah. this is sort of that in-between little thing where... Because she asked him in the beginning, like, why'd you let him go? He's like, I don't know. And then he sort of, you know, he, he kind of has an answer, but not really. Yeah. He wants to answer. Yeah. He wants to know why. Mm-hmm. You know, we talked about in Too Fast, Too Furious, how that middle scene with the uh, the rat in the club scene sort of felt slow. I feel here in the middle, there's another club scene after they sort of first, after they win the race, right? Or after, yes. you know, Dom wins the race, and then Brian gets the race for, kicked out and takes the spot. The the job. Yeah. It feels like when we get to that club scene, too, it again kind of grinds the movie to a halt. It's, it's shorter, and we see Brian, you know, snooping, and that's where he gets the shot glass from, but it just feels like these movies keep having these like club scenes and they, they just sort of like want to keep the party going but like they don't actually do much for the plot and it just mm-hmm. I, it just feels yeah. lacking but I think it's yeah. it's just an exhibition for beautiful people yeah it's just part of, it seems like it's part of the culture it's like we race we party we go to the club and we dance and you know we drink we revel we have you know what I'm saying we make deals with gangsters like it's just all like a continuation of that I don't I, I was wondering if I could raise uh, something here between us tonight that uh, it's really been on my mind since the last time I saw this movie and really hit me hard this time. Okay. So, like, in a lot of ways, this feels like the dark and gritty remake of Fast and Furious 2. Like, it feels of like... Two. Of 2. Of 2. I feel like this could have... This could be the real 2 if you want it to be. There's so many parallels it, to, for me. And I'll point Where? a couple Go out. Ahead. You know, instead of... Roman, it's Brian and Dom, and they're trying to sort of rekindle their relationship and everything like that. But they're both going undercover to work for a drug runner who needs drivers, racers, to transport his goods. Very fair point. Remember, we talked, I think it was on the Too Fast, Too Furious episode, when we were talking about uh, Carter Verone, about how I realized I made that sort of realization that, like, every other movie, like, the, the evens, the odds all follow this own sort of pattern. Like, this 2 yeah. and 4 are both where they're working with the enemy, right, to to sort of uh, accomplish a greater goal. Eva Mendez and Gal Gadot, yeah. they have, like, a right-hand woman type situation. That, they're also both beautiful. Yeah. Also both Yeah, gorgeous. then yeah. that club scene is similar to when they go to the club with Carter and they all have their little sit-down. Yes. There's, tra- there's a scene where Brian has to get a tracker out of his car. I mean, it's a little thing. Oh, okay. They use NOS as a weapon instead of an ejector seat. It's a bomb. But, like, there's a rivalry between some of the other racers. I just feel like this is the way they would have done it if they could have if they had both of them and you know everything was aligned correctly this just kind of to me feels like a a, not a redo but like a what if you know we could have and i think that's why the title is so it's just fast and furious and there's no number or anything associated with it you can just kind of pluck it and put it in the timeline wherever you feel like well i mean we've talked about before about how the tagline for this movie is new model original parts like it is very consciously like let's get back to what made this series a hit yeah oh yeah and then the fbi agents you have yeah. you have like his boss who like penning in this one and then stasiak is like the guy who thinks that brian's all full of shit and you know it's very similar to the relationship of the cops in the last in part two but and I, i'm not saying it's bad I, like i actually enjoy it for those reasons you yeah. know um i feel like it this movie works more the more times i see it and the more times i think about it and like this time i was just like 
So what really did you what did you not it. like about it before, and and how did you come around? So I think originally, like I, I missed the racing action and driving. Like I definitely feel like it's I said earlier the least about sort of the car culture and the racing and all that kind of stuff, yeah. and it's much more about character. And for that reason, I felt like it was maybe slower or you know dare i say boring because i wasn't as invested in these characters the first one or two times i watched this movie Uh, if if you watch it again now and i agree with it if you watch it it, Mm. when it came out i wasn't as invested in the characters as i am now so watching it with the perspective of having seen six seven and eight and then going back it actually means a lot more to me knowing the rest of the story and seeing this part play out but when it came out i agree with you and i think that maybe that's what is that what you're saying yeah i feel the history between them like i just buy the relationship i guess and knowing letty's not dead and stuff like this i think plays a big part of it i think that helps to a degree but this is also they're trying to be they're really leaning into the melodrama in this one and i wasn't sure that that could work in this series but who am i kidding this becomes a soap opera by six where like you know letty reappears with amnesia and ends up with dom and like you know all kinds of crazy shit just ends up happening after this one i really feel like it's the start kind of a soft reboot in a, in a way not an entire one obviously because it's still a sequel for a lot of this you know, a lot of the continuity in the series, but like in a way, it feels like they're trying to course adjust and say, we know where we're going for the next couple, or at least have a better idea of what this could uh, could be or is capable of being. So I just was like naive to that in previous viewings. Yeah. I just didn't think that this series could be could work as a serious movie. But this is like the I consider this one the serious movie, and I and I really like that. Yeah, I wonder if it works better either the first time or in retrospect because it wasn't immediately after one. Like, it almost feels like, you know, Dom leaves in one. We see Brian's story in two. We see Dom at the very, very end of three. But you're kind of, for for on purpose or by accident or just through whatever, you're kind of left wanting to know what happened to their relationship. You know what yes. I mean? And, like, especially, like, and Mia is kind of the voice of the audience here. You know what I mean? Like, Mia's like, why did you do what you did? How could you do what you did? And he's like, yeah. I don't know. And like, in, in within the span of this movie, he kind of realizes that. And I feel like this could work as two, but I think there's something sort of special in a way that it's not immediately after two. The, the, the franchise had to earn it in a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah, I wonder how yeah. this would have felt if it did come after two. And we would have just immediately gotten the, the conclusion to Brian and Dom's story. Like, if we break it down, you know, like we don't include Han and stuff like that... How do you think this would have played out if we would have got one four and just had, like, Dom go away and then them just meet back up in Mexico? I think it would have felt rushed. Like, it wouldn't have been as gratifying yeah. as, it, as it comes at four. No, I, I agree. It might have felt rushed. That might have been one of their main concerns originally is, like, oh, well, they can't just reconcile this quickly. Like, there needs to be time needs to go by. These characters need to change before that they can come back together, right? Like, they can't, you know, you can't be the person you were when when you let Dom go. Exactly. You have to, you know, you have to grow, and Dom can't be, he can't come back the same person either. Like, he he's changed his ways to understand who he is again. So it's weird, like, you do need, like, a movie or two in between, but I don't, I don't know, like... You need maturity. Maybe. You need them to, like, grow a little bit, like, like yeah. age mm-hmm. and wisdom-wise. 
So you I guess they did to change his hair color for no reason. That's <laughs> true. Yeah, that's true. But maybe like you could have. I mean, I don't know if they. This probably would never have happened, right? But like maybe if there were no movies, but there was just like Time. You know, eight years or something oh. between this one and the first one, That'd have been so and weird. then they drop this movie like that. You know that would never happen. It would be super weird and stuff. But like, could have worked. Who knows? Yeah, no, it could have worked. I think it. I think it's literally the time. Like you needed time in between mm-hmm. these for this to happen again. Yeah, it it would have been really strange because like, what's the what's the time difference between these two? In 2001, 2009. It was eight years in terms yeah. of release date. Damn. But in the movie universe, it's probably less time than that. Yeah, it has to be like three or four right? years. Yeah, because Brian goes from <laughs> not a cop to a cop to an. Well, he was an FBI agent, right? And he just, like, moved up, and now he's, like, Quantico or something? He's, he's DOJ. He's Department of Justice. Oh, okay. Yeah. So he stepped because up of again. the events of 2, he was reinstated. Yeah. Like, you know, you do this, you get your job back. And then and then in this movie, he's like, we do this, we let Dom go. And they're like, mm, maybe. We'll see. <laughs> okay, so here's, here's one thing that I noticed this time around that I think is really funny. They're trying to find David Park, right? Who's that? He's the guy. He's the Korean he's guy who works for Braga. Oh, yeah. Okay. He's got his assistant, who I wish I wish that this woman, this DOJ woman, came back because she's like she doesn't have a lot to do, but she seems competent and good, and she's like she's she seems the like Asian one? part of this world. Yes, okay. Trin. Her name is Trin. I looked her up on the uh, IMDb. Trinity. That's her character name. No, just Trin. T R I N H. Oh, so she could come back. Okay, I don't know. Okay, you know she's going through all this different stuff, and she's like listing the cars, and Brian's like, that's the one. Because that's the one that I would drive. She's exactly. like, I, I know that that's the one. Yeah. But, like, it should be, if you're at that level, she's like, here's a shitty car, here's a shitty car, here's a shitty car, uh, a 240 with this with the engine and the illegal, illegal mods. Like, illegal mods, yeah. Yeah, it's like, it's like, it, <laughs> how, how are you not realizing, Miss Department of Justice worker, that that is the car? Because you're like, uh, Chrysler Sebring, it was Toyota like, yeah, Prius. Prius, yeah, Prius, and it's like illegal mods on a car. It's like minivan, well, yeah. and then like, yeah, a, a skyline oh. with a t- like, just well, like. I oh. have so many issues with the of Department of Justice and the FBI in this movie. I mean, when when she's waiting for facial recognition for Braga at the end, and it's like a fucking fax machine printing the out slowest the fax in the world, <laughs> oh, God. and it's like, dude, if you just typed. Arturo Braga into your FBI computer, a picture of the dude <laughs> well, just come up so, on the fucking computer. So the one defense of that is that he might not be in the FBI computer because they they make a point earlier in the movie they need to sort of send it to every law enforcement agency in the world. They're matching the prints. It takes like the yes. whole movie yeah. to match the prints. Right, because yeah. it takes a couple weeks or whatever. So like, he might not be in their system because if he was in their system, they would have matched the print immediately. You know what I mean? But so, like, email. Email, dude. Like, uh, or just Google, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah. but I give the movie, I give it to the movie. I don't care. At that point, I'm so invested. Like, I'm, I'm biting my nails waiting for that fax to come in. It's great. It feels like I'm watching like Action Jackson or something at but that point. But it also, point. I mean, again, sort of, I guess, proves that cops in this universe are dumb but we've talked about it before Joe is that like Dom and Brian realize that Braga is not or Campos is not Braga or Braga is not Campos or whatever that Braga is not Braga and they realize it in the moment because they see his eyes sort of shifting and darting but no one in the DOJ is like wait a minute things seem weird here <laughs> because Stasiak fucking hates O'Connor like he just wants to stick it to him and then when he gets his nose broken and humiliated in front of everybody by like the young kid like he really is like willing to get fired <laughs> to just like make Brian look bad or whatever and he jumps the gun you know like he blows his wide early it happens so, yeah like I just feel like they're not focused like he is like Brian's seen that guy before and 
Dom just has better instincts. Like Dom ends up, you know, later down the line being a better, for lack of a better word, a better like cop than you know any of the actual cops. Do we think that Dom ever becomes a real cop? Because you're right. In this one, he establishes himself that he's like pretty much the best detective in the world. (laughs) No, you're right. When he has like his sixth sense uh, at the side of the road uh, by Letty's crash, like you're right. Like he is a ghost detective. He is. We talked about how he is. Uh, Hugh Dancy from Hannibal. Like, he's just, like, re-envisioning the crime scene. Like, you know, this is my design. Like, he's just doing his thing and just sort of seeing the world uh, through Dom eyes or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So I think that has something to do with I, it. I want, I want the, the Dom flashback. And then there was a firefight, like, um, Boondock Saints kind of play out to happen more often in Fast and the Furious. I hope that we get one of those in nine that he just has like a like he's just like where's the rock been and he just like plays it out in his head and he's like there he was. <laughs> I really want to. I really would love for nine to open up with a flashback of teenage Dom and Letty getting into like some kind of not not the incident where he's beating the guy who crashed into his dad or anything, but they're getting into trouble for like boosting cars and you know separated in juvie. Yeah, like some some kind of little significant flashback. Like I think that'd be cool because. You know, pretty soon their kid's going to be grown up and Brian's kid's going to be grown up and, like, they'll be... They should at least integrate more teens back into the franchise, like Part 3. Yeah, they need to get younger. They definitely need to get younger. Yeah, because these guys are only getting older. True. Uh, But high school girls stay the same age. Oh, God. (laughs) All right, all right, all right. You know, one thing I really... I, I noticed this time for the first time that I thought was really, really cool, when they're at Letty's funeral and, you know... They see that Dom, they give the facial recognition, you know, the Dom's in the country. They're waiting for Dom. He's not there because he's watching from the hill up top or whatever. They can't find him. What I think is like a really understated thing, but really super cool, is that at the funeral, there's the line of cars and they're all like neon colored tuners. Yeah. And then across the street is all the black and gray cop cars. And it's just like uh-huh. such a visual difference between the two. Oh, and, you yeah. know, later when they go to the other funeral, you know, after it's when, it's when Dom, I think it's in, it's in seven because Brian's there and it's very sad yeah. because Paul Walker had died in real life. Yeah. But remember Han's when Dom funeral. is like, yeah, no more funerals. Like there are another funeral there, but I don't feel, I don't feel like the, the visual, dichotomy was there like here it works really well because it's like a it's sort of like the cops versus criminals you know it's the either side of the law like here's the fun side and here's the boring blah side i think they're kind of in the middle it's a really good blend of that too like showing you that you're Uh in between it is hector in that scene did anyone spot any of her homies from like the first movie or anything i don't don't know i I was kind of really i think we get mia and brian i don't know i don't i don't really see much of the funeral Uh, i was just wondering who yeah not not not, not brian i think we just see mia because dom's not there dom's on the hill brian's with you know stasiak like but that's that's the same cemetery that that han will end up in right is that or is that a different one i can't remember if it has that big sort of like oil rig thing or whatever is pumping on the hill I don't know. There's also the really cool shot that, you know, I, I want to grab a screenshot of just for, that we can use for something, but there's the shot of Dom, like, standing in front of that, like, cool blue sky next to, oh, next to her grave. Like, end. it's just, it's super cool. Yeah. That, yeah, there's a couple shots that, in this movie, it's more of, like, a darker film, the way it's lit. I yeah. think it's really cool. It really distinguishes itself like that. Like, there's literally, there's shots where of Dom where it looks like it's lit like the godfather and i'm like oh like, that's so <laughs> that's so awesome uh but like no this isn't on 
uh, Ultra HD yet. No 4K of this yet, but I look forward to uh, a couple different scenes. Also, Mike, I don't know if you watch the Blu-ray, if you watch a digital copy of it, but like it was one of those like original Universal Blu-rays. It's like because Blu-ray is a new technology, things might not work well if you're not connected. I'm like, hey, come on, like <laughs> it just, ugh, just stop it. Yeah. So it was a very early Blu-ray. Apparently, I mean, four and five, I think, are the only ones of the eight that are not on 4K. So, uh... let, like, let's 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 make it happen. You know, let's get there. Wait, but so one, two, and three are on 4K now, but four and five they aren't? added. Yeah, one they added one, two, and three in the fall, and then. Um, I think six, seven, and eight were all like you know eight yeah. came out as it came out, and I think they did they did six and seven, but four and five are the ones that are just sort of only in Blu-ray, which is you know so ugh, gross. <laughs> Makes sense. I was looking up Justin Lin on IMDb because I want to see what else he had directed aside from these movies, because we talked about Better Luck Tomorrow, and he did three through six, right? And yeah. did all these different things. He's going to do nine and ten. He directed, which I did not know three episodes of the first season of Community. Oh, I didn't know that. Most notably, he did the first paintball episode, which is oh, wow. awesome. He also did an episode in the middle of the season where I don't I don't remember much about it. But he also, important to me at least, he directed the episode of the show where I was like, oh, I'm going to love this show. Have you guys seen Community or no? No. Oh, yeah, yeah, every episode. Okay, so there's, you know, Joe, you know what it's about, roughly, or not really? Um, no, not it's really. It's just a group of people meet in a community college study group. Yeah, uh, all people from all, from all, sort, all sorts of different backgrounds and different, you know, classes, and they're all there for different reasons or whatever, different ages. Okay. They all have the same classes together or whatever. So in the first season, like six or seven episodes in, there's the Halloween episode. Abed, who is this sort of like, I think he's I think he's autistic. I don't know if they ever really define it, uh, but he's really into film and like a lot of the film parody that the the show eventually gets into is sort of centered around him. Uh, but he dresses as Batman. And at the end of this episode, there's like this like tower in the library that's built above like these chairs. And he like someone is trapped in there or something. And like he as Batman goes in and saves him as he's, you know, having this like dramatic, super her- super heroic voiceover, oh, and, like, yeah, this, like very think... dramatic music, and I was like, okay. "Oh, this show is great!" Like, this is like the kind of weird stuff that I really love. And Justin Lin directed that episode. Like, that was the first oh, one he directed. Cool. And they did another one. They did the paintball episode, and it's just like I didn't realize that this guy who made these movies that we loved did that. And I also saw that he directed the first two episodes of True Detective season two. So the season oh. that people don't like, that oh, I do like, I love it. That the I'm first two episodes. He did, so uh, shout out Justin Lin for doing more than just these movies, doing more than, you know, Better Luck Tomorrow, some yeah. really cool TV work, too. That's very cool. Yeah, the Russo brothers came out of an episode of Community also. Did they really? Yeah, that's where, I believe, that's where they were wow. found. Wow, all right. So, Mike, I feel like I've talked a lot more, I, I don't want to keep monopolizing your episode, oh, your time to talk about Fast okay. and Furious, but what it's else you got, show. what do you want to talk about here for uh, this lap three, this ride-along lap? All right, so this is something I noticed probably the second time I watched this movie and it's one of my I mean you know I have so many new favorite parts of this movie but this is an old favorite part of my movie the amount of glass that's broken by human body parts Uh, I don't know if you guys have tracked this but in the opening sequence alone Brian crashes through a window crashes through a windshield and crashes through another plate of glass at one point in that all in that opening chase Okay, um, in the running Dom case, yeah. bashes a car window open with his elbow, much in the way that yeah. Roman punches yep. a yep. car window. I saw that one, window. 
And I was like, why didn't he just roll down the window? Like, there's, like, a point where he could have rolled down the window, but he just pushes it, like, he just punches through it. But that's also not the only glass that Dom breaks with his elbow. Later in the movie, when they're when they're doing that final chase, he that's, elbows out his, yeah. his window to shoot the shotgun there too. Yes, that's that's the one I was remembering. Yes, yeah. the one that the one that Mike's talking about is when they drop the car off at the uh, police impound lot, and mm-hmm. Brian's like, you know, the way I see it, you owe me a ten second car because you blew my car up back there. And then that's when Dom elbows a car, which again he probably could have just tried to open. And also, that's a very Roman move, right? That's that's yeah. from two. That's Roman punching through the Ferrari. I just think it's terrific. I wonder if it was sort of a running gag, like on the set or something, uh. or between the like the writer and the director, where it's just like you know, it's. I wonder if anyone's going to notice how much glass like these characters are destroying in in this movie. But I, I don't know. Again, I, you know, I guess it all comes back to that opening chase. I just love uh, that foot chase. I love a good foot chase. And I don't think we've talked about uh, on this show. I don't know if either of you have seen it. But the opening foot chase reminds me of Brick Mansions, which is one of Paul Walker, maybe his last film. Oh, that's the uh, B13 remake. I it's don't like know. that French. Uh, it's like a f- maybe. Yeah, it's like the French movie where they do the uh, what's that that running stuff where you run and flip off like parkour. Of parkour. Yeah, it's like a parkour film. I think that's the American remake of it. Yeah, District yeah. B13. It's awesome. So I mean, Brick Mansions wasn't great. I think it was notable because it was one of his, or if not his last movie. But it reminded me of that because it's like this foot chase through like you know rooftops and everything. And also, sort of, it's kind of similar to what we're going to see in Fast Five, right? Where they're running oh, yeah. around the roofs of Rio, getting yeah. away from the rock and stuff. So yeah, Joey, I don't know how close a remake that is, but you would really, I think you would really like B thirteen. The, I'll make a the note style of, of that movie and everything. So because the, the whole movie is basically a foot chase in parkour, and it's crazy. Cool. I'm into it. I like parkour. I like watching people do parkour. Side note for a second, but when I used to listen to Doug Loves Movies, uh, he would have a segment on there called Tweet Relief, tweets about movies, where he would just find a Twitter, uh, find a tweet on Twitter and just say, you know, at whoever. Uh, and he read mine one time because after I saw The Amazing Spider-Man, um, I said, you know, after watching this movie, I think his name should be Peter Parkour because he does so <laughs> much, like, needless awesome. bullshit parkour. Yeah. Uh, and he, you know, credited me on that, so it was, it was So cool. there's a feature in the Spider-Man game for PS4 where you can just hold down a button and run, and he does parkour flipping all over the place and stuff, and it's like a, you know, you can get, like, an achievement if you parkour run all day long or however long. I don't know. Yeah. Ah, okay. I like that kind of stuff. Like, it feels... I think it fits in this world. Like, you know, as, as exciting as the car chases and stuff are it's also cool to see action that exists outside of that world so yeah like dom is on the war path in this whole movie you know like he he i love that about him like he's you know seeing red this whole time like he beats up that one guy where he almost like he's holding the engine over him i was like holy crap like you gotta be that's some superhuman strength exhibit a right there your I want to engine someone. Like, that is sick. And then when he finds... Oh, that's another part where uh, they break glass, is when he finds Dave Park, he throws him out of a window oh, that's and right. holds him yeah. upside down, Suge Knight style. Yes, like, he definitely <laughs> Suge Knights him. That's very Which, true. apparently, according to the IMDb trivia, that guy who was hanging out the window was terrified of heights, and so that was his actual reaction. Justin Lin was like, no, 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 we have to do this this way. And so... Yeah, I. so you guys mentioned wanting to be in that tunnel at the end. I'm terrified of that, of like, not, I'm, not that I'm claustrophobic, but there's no way I'd want to be in that tunnel. Like, it's way too long and too underground through a map. Like, no thank you, dude. I do not want to get trapped down there. With someone that knows the way and is a good driver, I would be cool with it. 
If it was just like me trying to walk through there, I would want to get the fuck out. But it's it's not like going through the Lincoln Tunnel, dude, or something. You know, like that shit is make sh- like I don't know. I'm freaking out when I even when I'm watching it. I know it's special effects, but I'm still like these guys have nerves of these characters have nerves of steel, and like this is another ex- exhibit of it. I me. mean, Mike, these characters are just like just another Tuesday. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's nothing. Yeah. It's so true. It's so true. Especially like if you're Phoenix, with like he's so scarred up, and he's got what's with his communist like Soviet tattoo on his neck and everything? I can't figure that guy out. Like his I lifestyle it was like a choices. Or something. I don't. I don't know what's happening with him, but like cockfighting. Yeah. It's crazy. I really like Braga, though. Like I love this actor. I've seen him do a lot of other stuff. Like what? Like, I mean, I can't really pinpoint it, but like he's done stuff where you wouldn't know that it's him per se. Like I feel like he's just one of those character actor chameleons who sort of is in tons of stuff. But like this, he seems so relaxed and so much fun and chill. Like he seems he's like almost... a cool guy. I agree. He's like one of the coolest I, yeah. bad guys. Like I mean, he's a definitely a bad guy, but like he's very very cool. He's so charming. Like, he's almost got, like, this Michael Pena kind of vibes that he puts off sometimes, where it's just, like, very chill and relaxed, but also, like, can switch and be, like, dangerous if you, you know, you don't... Maybe Napoleonic in a degree where, like, it's a small guy you don't want to mess with because, like, he'll just... He had no qualms about, like, cutting you or whatever. Or he's just got a whole crew behind him, so... So here, but, here, here's what this guy is. His name is John Ortiz. So here's what he's been in recently, just recently. He was in Bumblebee. He was in Replicas. Shout out Keanu Club. Ooh. He was. Oh in... yeah, he's the guy. Okay, I recognize him at the end. Yeah, he was in Peppermint. Who is... he's uh, chasing after Jennifer Garner, who's trying to avenge her family. He's in the Cloverfield Paradox. Okay. Uh, he's in Kong Skull Island. Oh, that's right. Yes. In a role completely unlike this one, he's in that TV show Togetherness, which was on HBO for a couple years before it got canceled. That Duplass show, where he's just like this, like I think mild mannered oh, Amanda teacher Pete? or principal who's having an affair with uh, Melanie Linsky. Um, he was in the Steve oh, Jobs man. movie. Uh, he was in Luck for 10 episodes. He was in Silver Linings Playbook. He was in Jacko's Boating. Shout out P.S. Love Hoffman. He's in Public Enemy. So, Joe, the next Channing movie we watch, we'll have to Ooh. look for Braga, because that's the same year as this. Okay. He was in American Gangster. He was in the Miami Vice movie. Like, he's just been in, like, a ton of things. And I feel like he's the kind of guy and the kind of look that could play a whole bunch of different roles, and he has the talent to back it up. You know what I mean? Like, he, he could be mm-hmm. aggressive and badass, but he also could be, like, gentle and kind, or yeah, he could when, be when you switch to the Yeah, when you switch to the club scene, he seems like the coolest guy ever. Like, I want to go hang out with him. He's Booze, like, yeah, drugs, anything you want, want, don't worry about yeah. it. My house is yours. Like, it's cool. When he's like, you guys know each other? I'm like, oh, that's so... You're just, like, calling him out. Like, that's just so chill of him and everything. He's like, I don't care if you guys got beef, but, like, you know... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm Work just curious. Out, I have a, I have a friend who reminds me a lot of Braga. Is that a good thing? Is that is that a good thing or is that not a good thing? For other reasons, I'm not going to say why he reminds me a lot of Braga, but okay. he does. <laughs> it for many reasons. He's like the coolest kid ever, and I really like hanging out with him. But he does like a lot of these things. He has like the same delivery, like everything. So when they bring Braga back, you know, they know he's a good character. Oh, yeah. I mean, he only gets like a little moment, but like he becomes more important down the line, right? Like, I mean, everybody... That's a link. Yeah, that's a link to the bad guys, man. Yeah, because, like, I mean, he literally... But, like, he actually... The character shows up again, so I love... That's... Is that six or seven? I always... I get... Season six. That's six, yeah. 
the little diversion, yeah. And he's really the reason why you bring in Shaw, after. right? Like the first Shaw, Owen Shaw. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, oh, that's also another thing, too. So, like, running around the background of this movie, like, Braga works for Shaw, who works for Cypher, right? Like, that's sort of the chain of command right now, something like that. Ah, oh, yeah, that's right. And Giselle works for Braga, who works for Shaw, and who, or Shaw, who works for cipher so you know crazy yeah it's yeah. crazy how that's yeah that's we, it all comes to it's light. a small world after all what else you got mike what other notes about fast and furious down to the wire i guess Let no it's here. fine i took i took a lot of notes this movie more so i feel like you know when we did tokyo drift i didn't take a lot of notes because i knew that we were going to sort of be all over the place i feel like i really focused oh. in on this one so i so i brought up a okay i got myself, a really good one what you got the race to like be part of braga's crew yes um, yeah I really love what they did because they sort of, in a way, I don't know, like they made it, they made it almost like Fast and Furious, the arcade game, if you know what I mean, if you oh. take my meaning, like because they had those GPS systems, so like they were cutting back and forth. I feel between like live action and what you would be seeing if you were sort of sitting in one of those machines playing the game, yes. like yeah. this weird first-person CGI stuff. But I really dug it. Like every race is trying to do something new, or every movie is trying to have a race that does something the previous movie hasn't, or push it in some direction in some way. I was like, well, it makes sense because like technology is becoming more and more prevalent, not just in real life for like you know tuning and using your cars and stuff, but like in this universe, technology with the God's eye is going to become huge and stuff. So it's really cool how technology and the tech culture crosses over with the car culture and you can integrate that into like the plot and stuff and it, it works. It feels smooth and seamless and all that kind of stuff. So at first I was just like, oh, uh, it's like a video game. But then I was like, no, like uh, they're using technology in that fast and furious way. And I thought that was really cool. Yeah, I did like the I like the addition of the GPSs to guide them and like the voice. It makes it feel like um like one of these movies that's like kind of set in a game. Ready Player One. I mean, it's yeah, almost got a little one. bit of that proto stuff of that. And I don't know, I like that because it gave you it, it, I think it helped reorient you with the with the course as it were, right? Yeah. So like when you see on the on the GPS that Brian's on a hill and then they cut to the live action, you're like, "Oh, okay, I can see where I am in this shot in the scene and where Brian needs to be and all this and okay, oh, he's going to go down this side of the hill." Awesome. And yeah, yeah, yeah I just it keeps like you that. as like third person, like you you see above the thing without them having to like give you just overhead shots the whole time. It was a nice trick. I agree. Um, so I think that that's like the main main note was uh, that I had left was just on that and yeah and in the, in the conclusion how they brought the big caravan of cars out in the desert and stuff. I was like ah oh, that's super cool. mad that's kind of super mad. Yeah. Every time I watch it, it also just reminded me of the scramble at the end of the second movie too. Oh, true. I was like oh it's kind of like that. Too, so Dude, I need cool. to rewatch this again with like with your perception of like this being so much like the second movie. Like, well, I know we'll be there talked... in three months or four months or whatever, so <laughs> yeah. don't worry about it. True, very true. Joe, do you have any other notes? Do you have anything else you want to say before we? Uh, no, our... I didn't take too many notes. I, I brought up all the points that I was I wanted to talk about. Yeah, I just want to say f- just one more time, if I may, is like what how like if you if you're not into this one, like just keep watching it, just keep giving it a try because <laughs> eventually I just feel like it'll click or. Maybe not, maybe I mean maybe it's just because we're watching these so much and we've seen the ones that come after it and like I was talking about I feel like it works well if you've seen those and I don't know man but I just want to say like I am so down with this one now it, like it's it, grown it's, on me a ton I agree with you there's no way there's like eight is definitely for me right now the bottom of the list like this oh, is, yeah I mean I think this might not even be second like this is climbing that ladder 
very quickly. Like I, I I'm loving this one now. I, I mean, it's 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 difficult because we've talked about it and also you know like what Wes and I think other people have written in like even though this is probably my sixth favorite Fast and Furious movie, I still like it more than most movies. So I agree. You know, yeah, it's mm-hmm. just not better than one or three or five or six or seven. So true. But, you know. It's better than the thousand movies I've seen in the last three years. So. <laughs> yeah, amen to that. Cool. Okay, so uh, Mike, we mentioned uh, before you started, before you joined us in our little intro segment, that this is the first time since lap one we have no quiz because we still have not refined the quiz yet. We're going to do that by the end of the lap, but because you've already taken this quiz, there's no other guest, no All quiz right. today. So we're going to go right into this ain't no ten second race, aka boy, do we have a podcast oh for you. Oh. And the important thing to remember, Joe, is that last time, as we were recording our Tokyo Drift episode, Give me my you points. had someone respond to your tweet. Give me my points. Well, so here, really? so I, I have not looked yet, but I'm going to say right now, if for some reason she has blocked us or deleted her account or gotten banned since then, points evaporate. But I don't think that's going to be the case. Fuck. I hope not. So last episode, it was the three of us plus Brian Late Night Rodriguez. So my tweet, I found at BenJones underscore 23 on Twitter, me thinking about how Deckard Shaw killed Han in Fast and Furious 6 slash Tokyo Drift, but ended up being invited to the cookout in FNF 8 and then got his own spinoff, and it was the gift of the confused Cleveland Cavs fan. Boy, do we have a podcast for you. No response. Joe, you found Giggle underscore S, who said, my husband has forced me to watch Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift, and it's awful. Why is this 35-year-old in high school? Why is he acting so bad? Why is this happening to me? <laughs> Boy, do we have a podcast for you. She did not like it. She did not retweet it. However, she did reply to it. Just said, oh, God. And the gift, gross, no thank you. So, Joe, you get five points. Thank you. You're up to 14 right now. I'm at five. Wow. Chris Podcast at one. Mike Manzi at one. Okay. Mike, you found Ryan H. Murphy on Twitter. Not the Ryan Murphy, but Ryan H. Murphy. The year is 2035. All film franchises have exhausted themselves except Fast and Furious, which now makes up 0.5% of U.S. GDP. Boy, do we have a podcast for you. Nothing. Mm. Ah. Finally, we, Do we have been this for a while? It takes so long. Brian Late Late Rodriguez found Novalin underscore Darlin in the Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift. Why does Neela have an Australian accent if she's lived in Japan for almost her entire life? Boy, do we have a podcast for you nothing i just i really really wonder unless you're so popular on twitter that you are being flooded by comments and likes and retweets how do you not address i mean it may look like a bot ish sort of (laughs) but how do you not address it at all like it feels like the odds are never in our favor the opposite of the hunger games katniss or, or maybe actually the reality of the hunger games not you know not what they say, but what it actually is. It just feels like more people should just be like, what is this? Like, it feels like it's mind-boggling to me that so many people see, ostensibly see what we write and then... Just ignore it. Or, I guess it makes more sense to block us, but, you know, just ignore us. Like, it's crazy. So do you guys have, for this episode, uh, tweets? I don't have mine yet, but because uh, I'm working on it, so somebody else go first. Okay, give me one second. I'm between two. Okay. Because I, I, I actually tried to find it before the show. Well, while we uh, talk about that, I uh, tweeted before. Big shout out to Letterboxd for letting me know I've seen three movies with Ja Rule in them so far in 2019. Being a patron has never <laughs> felt so rewarding. 
Letterboxd retweeted it, so I now have three retweets and 68 likes. So if only I was able to count that for this game, I would have an insurmountable lead. However, you know, that is not the case. I sent mine. I settled on this one. Good, read it out. Once tweeted, twice shy... At Miss Belladonna925. I like the number play. You know, Too Fast, Too Forever, Third Time's a Charm. Oh, yeah, the one and once and two. the two and twice. Yeah. I really like the Fast and Furious franchise. One for the men, two for the cars, three the music, four the women who drive and kick ass and aren't helpless screaming passengers who need to be rescued. Boy, do we have a podcast for you, Miss Belladonna sent. Nice. That actually, her the way that she spells her name out... Reminds me, there's these, it's the uh, We Own It, the 2 chain song from Fast and Furious 6. Oh, yeah. Where it's like, one shot, two nights. Two night, yeah. Uh, three she's three strikes, fan. I'm gonna go yeah. for it. Yeah. Uh, we Own this It. This moment. I found mine. It's Josh at Harper, or Har Perfect. Fast and Furious actors I want to see in 9 and 10. Ted Levine, Ja Rule, Eva Mendez, Devin Aoki, Amori Nalsko, Sonny Chiba... Bow Wow, John Ortiz, Gina Carano, Dijmon Hunso. I don't know who that is. He's the guy from Seven who had Cipher in his truck, right? You're looking for the God's Eye. Cipher, Cipher's yeah. in eight. I mean, um, I mean Ramses. Yes, Sorry, he I'm had getting Ramsey. my hack. Ramsey in the car, up. and he's the one. Do you remember when Dom and Ramsey go down the mountain? He's like, you might want to put the helmet on. He's the guy. He's the leader there who's going after her, and he's the okay. one that is in the helicopter when they blow up the helicopter at the end of Seven. Okay. Tony Jaw, Helen Mirren, and then actors I don't want to see, Iggy Azalea. Perfect. <laughs> Boy, do we so have a podcast for you. Actually, you know what's really cool? Um, wow, this is actually perfect. Uh, his, his pinned tweet, every single Tom Cruise character could be named Lightning McQueen without the movies feeling any different. <laughs> oh, yeah, That's so we have great. a lot of podcasts. I didn't even check his like page. I, uh, you know, I'm giving you a little bit of a boost here, Joe, but I just like that and retweeted that because that's just such a perfect weird tweet. Uh, oh, he's on Letterboxd, too. Anybody want to guess what his uh, top four movies are? Fast and Furious. Oh God, uh, good luck. I don't know that you have ever heard of any of these movies, nope. Joe. So I'm good. Uh, Gold Diggers of 1933. I don't know what oh, that is. That is a, but, uh, yeah, that's a Mervyn Leroy. Uh, it's a it's an old movie. It's from 1933. It's Bubsy Berkeley, right? It's a dance movie. Okay. He also likes the discreet charm of the bourgeoisie, which is the... Oh, that's a Paul Bartel movie, isn't it? No, it's a Louis Boonwell movie, which is Oh, my bad. I got fantastic. that confused. Uh, Maniac, yeah, Maniac Cop 2, which is great. And then it's Ghost of the Shell 2. Too. So, oh, uh, I, don't know if this, I don't know if we actually have a podcast for this guy, but... Uh, maybe no, he we seems do. like Jason Statham and Disney and a bunch of other weird stuff too. Hopefully, he hopefully he likes us. Oh, you know what we didn't mention is that uh, this is when Dom and Brian fist fight. Had they fist fought? And they didn't fist fight in one, right? They no, he kind of breaks but... up Brian fighting with Vince or Leo. Yeah. Brian actually gets like pretty messed up by the end of this one. The underscore Stefano underscore DLC Prattle Angel Stefano. There's no excuse now. Give me resurrected Han and Giselle now. Cyborgs, clones, vampires, or zombies. I don't care. Yes. We have cyborgs, supervillain Idris Elba. Now the gates are open. I'm down. And then a, and then a gif of Han and Giselle from, the, from in Fast Five right before she gets the handprint on her bikini bottom. I'm so about it. Boy, like do we have a do podcast? We have a podcast for, for you. you. 
So now we have one other game to play. Wes sent in a car picture. So I'm going to give you the option that you gave. I give you every week. Do you want to be with me or do you want to be with Go- Joe? Do you want to help guess or help give clues? Uh, so I'm alternating. So I think I'm guessing tonight. You're okay. guessing tonight. Okay. Uh, so there's two pictures here. Uh, the car is green <laughs> and the car is red. Okay. That helps. All so it's right. a Christmas vehicle. I can tell you that much. Okay. Oh, the same. It's one car, green and red. Yeah, I think that's what you're saying. This is. At. This is I a clue. No, it's it's two different cars. Same car, two different pictures. So, Mike, this actually might help you. My wife and I are catching up on the newer X-Men trilogy. By the way, Apocalypse is hot, hot trash. Do not watch Apocalypse. It has its moments. And a few days ago, we watched Days of Future Past, which is very good. Awesome. This car is in a quick shot of Wolverine driving somewhere, and it immediately Ooh. caught my attention. It looks like a near-future-style car that okay. would have... Draw that would have been drawn for the 90s Fox cartoon, which I loved. I think it's literally in one shot of the movie, so definitely... Oh, so sorry, Mike, this, may be, this might not help you. Uh, so, it definitely not super memorable, but if Joe's familiar with that movie, uh, that might at least clue him into the era the car is from. No, I'm not. So, Mike, if you want to help him know what era the Days of Future Past takes place yes. in... Nixon administration. Okay. When is it? The 70s, right? Mm-hmm. That one? Yeah. So this car is from 1973... Um, it is American. Is it El Camino? No. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, it is American. Okay. It was produced, this car is produced from 63 to 93, and then again Damn. from 95 to 99, so just not 94. Weird. Okay. This specific car that you're guessing is the third generation, produced okay. from 1971 to 1973, and radically redesigned from the previous generation. Okay. So it is a two-door car. It's got a very distinctive slant, kind of. It, it almost looks like the whole car, like the car is even on the bottom, but the top of the body is like on a, a downward slant from the front to the back, if that sort of makes sense. Okay. Ju- in the front and in the back, it kind of juts out to a point. Like is it it's a Camaro? No. You're guessing too specifically. You're supposed to ask yes or no questions, guess I'm bigger sorry. Narrow it down. You, you're playing the way that Joe yeah. plays, which I yell at him about every time. Yeah. What do the lights look like? Headlights, taillights. We got... Uh, so, taillights... I'm sure that there are some, but the picture of it, I don't see any. That's... Convertible? Possible? Hard top. Hard top, hard, hard top. top. Hard body. Hard body. Hands on a hard body. Uh, in the front, we've got two round, clear lights on both sides. Okay. We've got a fog light, a yellow fog light on the side in the front. Any decals any pinstripes any well i mean they're definitely more ornately colored than most cars but i don't know that's actually going to help you figure out what these are okay it is go ahead let's see here what else it's a really cool looking car i can see why wes it caught wes's attention um it's it looks like it's got a, a, a low profile like sort of there's not a lot of room between the ground and the bottom of the car and it's American. it's a it, it could be, though I don't think it is, the angle of the photos, but it looks like the hood itself is very, very long. Like, deep. Like, from the front of the car to the windshield is long. Okay. It's a lot of 70s cars. The back is uh, very cool. Like the, the windshield is sort of... The rear windshield, instead of sort of being, I guess, like, rectangular, I guess, it's it's more sort of like a front windshield where it's, like, angled and sort of comes out. It juts out. Okay. It's... Kind of, uh, sort of, got a little bit of a Batmobile vibe, kind of. Uh, I want to guess specific. Can, no, is it yeah. a Chevy? Can I go that far? Yeah. What? Who's what, the make? What, is what it a Chevy? Ask? It's not a Chevy, no. Is it a Pontiac? No. Is it a Buick? It is a Buick. Uh, is it a Riviera? 
It's a 1973 Buick Riviera. That's really funny. My dad's mom, my grandma on that side, Beautiful car. had a Riviera, and Oof. she sold it to my dad. And in the Riviera, was it a Riviera? Was it like a Regal, now that I'm thinking about it? She had like some kind of wacky Buick in this. Oh, yeah, this is really cool. That's actually like the back. Yeah, that's really fucking cool. That does look like a Batmobile. That it does. Awesome. In the in the car that she had, it had like a touchscreen computer, but it was like green, like it like was like you know Oregon Trail style, and it was like the weirdest thing I've ever experienced in a car. It was like an '80s car in this Buick that had like a touchscreen. It was so fucking strange. Huh. So I think back to that a lot, like just riding in that car, just being like you'd control the air conditioner with a touchscreen, and I was just like. What kind of wacky world are we in right now? Well, shout out Wes for sending this car. This car, I think, is looks super cool. I mean, I'm sure that a lot of the cars that we have talked about are super cool, but I, just, I like the look of this a lot. I like the paint jobs on both of these. This is like lowrider culture. You know what I mean? Like, this is what a lot of lowrider guys do stuff like this. I wonder why um, Wolverine was driving one. Well, I mean, it was the 70s, and Wolverine's kind of a badass, and, you know... I think in that... I think I'm, if it's the scene I'm thinking of, he, like, steals someone's car keys and when he first wakes up in his future self body, he, like, takes these car keys from these thugs, and that's their car. Oh. Um, they just have great taste, I think. <laughs> if, I'm, if, that's, if I'm not mistaken, that's the moment. I want to know, though, I didn't know it was so predominant in the cartoon. I've seen, like, the first two seasons of that 90s cartoon. I don't remember yeah, the back, driving around. The back in the trunk part is the coolest part of this car. Like, this, like, weird like sloped cockpit kind of situation going on in the back i really dig it that's an awesome car thank you Wes, for sending us a car picture i'm glad that the I back almost kind of looks like uh the spaceship that superman came to earth in yeah right <laughs> no, yeah totally i don't think this was in the cartoon i think he said that it looks like it would have been drawn for the cartoon i don't think oh, it actually okay. Made oh okay the My cartoon bad. i think i, I don't see. know you know the back of this car looks like it could be the front of the car almost it's yeah if the back of the car is the front of the car, it looks like it would be out of, like, Death Race 2000. Yes. Yeah, good call. Well, shout out, Wes. Thank you for sending in the car picture. If you have a car that you want us to guess, I am getting better at giving clues, you I think. You are getting better, I but think. But it still didn't make it any easier, really, but we got there in the end. Family at cageclub.me. Send in your rankings. Send in your car picture. Send in thoughts. Just say hi. Leave us a five-star rating on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. That would be great. Check out our Patreon. Also, we talked about it earlier, check out all three parts of our three-part crossover special. Yes, check do out that. Last to episode, Tokyo Drift, uh, High School Slumber Party, and then Third Time's a Charm. We all talked about Tokyo Drift. So if you want more talk, if you like us and want more talk about us or of us from us talking about these movies, check out the High School Slumber Party and Third Time's a Charm episodes um, from February. So go check those out. Uh, there's lots to enjoy. But, Mike, thank you for joining us. We'll be back in two weeks for Fast Five, of course, as we head down to Rio de Janeiro yeah, for the uh, Christ the Redeemer statue. We're going to be podcasting live from atop the Christ the Redeemer. So uh, <laughs> I hope you're all <laughs> excited for that. Can't wait for Roman to be back. Can't wait for Tish True. to come back. Some more Han. Just, I mean, oh, the family, the whole family. Five, five, five is great. good. I'm excited. Five is real, real good. Also for The Rock to be here. Also oh, for shit. Monica Fuentes to be oh back for 30 God, seconds for dude. no reason. It's um, crazy. Like, do we deserve it? I don't know. I don't but know. I love it. I love it. You so deserve much. it, future. You deserve it. So for all <laughs> things Too Fast, Too Forever, you can go to cageclub.me, facebook.com slash cageclub, at cageclubpod on Twitter and Instagram. Email us, family at cageclub.me. 
check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash too fast too forever. If you have not done so yet, please go on iTunes or whatever podcast podcatcher you use. Give us a review. Give us a rating. Five stars, please, please, please. There are it's a crowded field, of course, for podcasting, but also apparently now for Fast and Furious podcasts. Yeah, apparently. But you know, let us know or let the world know that you appreciate us. We will let the world know that we appreciate you. And come back in two weeks for Fast Five. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe too. That was the Mikester, resident historian Mike Manzi, and we will see you in two weeks for Fast Five, right here on Too Fast, Too Forever. Estuve despierto, un recuerdo leve de esto que siento, una sacudida a mis salidas, la cima de un